is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything via our toll-free number, which is 855-453, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there totally free. Once again, freetalklive.com. You may control the website's content. So when you go to freetalklive.com, you'll see different items on the front page. And those items were all placed there by listeners like you. First, you submit show prep to the site. It could be a fun video. It could be something serious. It could be a blog post. It could be whatever you want, whatever you think our listeners might enjoy. You submit it. Now, others then vote as to whether or not they like or dislike it. And the most liked make it to the front page of the site. So there's lots to talk about uh, here this evening. And joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. All right, uh, so I want to start out tonight where we left off last night because I feel like the conversation we had, well, you know, we're, we're nailed to the clock, so we had to end the show at a certain point. And uh, we, we only found out about this news last night as uh, Michelle Seven came in and, and clued us in. We found the article over at Reason.com, and it linked to a piece over at Fast Company uh, talking about the Seasteaders or rather, former seasteader, uh, the guy that was running the seasteading institute, Patry Friedman, who we've we've had on the show in the past, uh, has stepped down as the chief executive of the seasteading institute and is now the CEO of Future Cities Development Incorporated, which aims to create new cities from scratch on land governed by cutting-edge legal systems. And they, it looks like uh, they are going to be doing this in Honduras where apparently the government amended its constitution back in January to permit the creation of special autonomous zones exempt from local and federal laws. Future Cities has signed a non-binding memorandum of understanding to build a city in one such zone starting next year. And then, you know, the article goes on to tell you a little bit more about uh, the vision. Apparently, Mark, you spoke with uh, Patry Friedman today, and he said that at the moment they are, uh, they're not doing press interviews, but will be in 2012. Yes. In uh, I, you know, I spoke to him, and, you know, he took my call, and he was very pleasant, as he always is. I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't call us friends, but uh, we're friendly. And, um, you know, I like the guy a lot. <laughs> and apparently he's down in um, Honduras right now. He was getting ready to go um, – I guess he was getting ready to get in a helicopter and look at uh, scout out some potential sites. At this point, they don't have sites. You know, they, they're not sure, certain. I guess they have several potentials. So, obviously, this sounds like a. I, I what I said last night about this was uh, I've always kind of been a critic of the uh, the whole seasteading idea. I mean, I, I'm a fan of the idea of getting people who like the ideas of freedom together all in the same place. That's why I moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Because I think it's that's the best chance we've got at achieving any semblance of freedom in our lifetime is to get people who actually give a damn about it uh, and are willing to do something together. The problem with the seasteading thing was that you know it was more of like a pie in the sky concept. Maybe it would work out someday, but certainly not any time in the near future. You know, it was in the planning phases, and you know, there, decades. It seemed down the like line. they needed a lot of technological work in order to make houseboats that would uh, be able to, to to fare the ocean, and a lot of money uh, as well. Now, that's not to say this uh, new plan isn't going to be a very expensive uh, concept, because essentially what they're talking about doing is building a city from scratch. And I think that's going to be one of the most difficult parts of this. Uh, it hasn't really been revealed the location as to where in Honduras 
this new autonomous zone will be where they'll be allowed to build this city? Will it be on a port? You know, like on, you know, that some, would be really, really cool on, on the ocean. That would make it much more useful because then they could do trade with uh, the rest of the world. Or is it locked somewhere in the, you know, the middle of the country? Which is, so. you know, where they have the most sort of free land. I mean, 86 percent or something, 80 something percent of uh, Honduras as I looked. I've been looking this up. I mean, I've been pouring mm-hmm. over things about Honduras since this <laughs> came out. I'm very interested. And, um, you know, a lot of it's forest land. So are they going to carve a city out of the forest? Certainly could be done. Yeah, it could be done. And I was reading some of the some of the uh, comments over the Reason.com piece about this news. And one of them, I think, had a, you know, a good critique of the fact that, well, if they're starting from scratch, they've really got a hurdle jump, right? Because they are essentially... If they've got a port port area, like somewhere where they can actually ship stuff out easily, then that'll be good for them. But if it's one of those locked in the land somewhere inside Honduras, then they'll essentially be building a city from scratch in a place where, you know, naturally a city did not pop up. Right. Right. For whatever reason, city did not happen here, so well, we're going to try cities, to build a city there. Many cities um, tend to exist along rivers, and it's because they used to do, you know, sort of shipping down those You mean rivers. in Honduras? Or just no, in general? In in life. Right. Um, and cities don't need to be on rivers anymore. So, you know, it's just kind of it, – it's, 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 they're holdovers, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, and so that doesn't – it doesn't need to happen. But if you want to truly be free, you need to be able to do trade with the rest of the world. And in order to truly do trade – so maybe an island – might be a better choice in in that they you wouldn't they wouldn't be able to control you know what would be able to come through or not for because for instance if uh, you know <laughs> I mean suppose you need to defend this city state if it is uh, for whatever reason going to be autonomous it needs to be able to be defended so you know I don't know if they've got rules against uh, their citizens owning AK-47s or something like that but you know what do you do with the how do you get the crate of AK-47s from the ship to the uh, the city right so if if it is in so there I mean there are a lot of details that uh, need to be released about this to get people either more excited or garner more critique or whatever but so let's say that uh, you do have this autonomous zone thing and it's within Honduras it's not on the coast okay so if you want to get that crate of whatever it is that you want to get shipped into right. uh, the autonomous zone well. Does that mean you're probably still going to have to pay whatever tariffs they have at the shipping ports of Honduras in order to uh, to do that? Will they increase the tariffs on uh, on your products because you're going to the autonomous zone? Good, since they you know have this non-binding memorandum that says that right. I don't entirely entrust Honduras uh, um, in this uh, circumstance at all. Um, right, they are essentially making a, a deal with a criminal gang. Right, they, well, that's what a government is. Right, but it's not Honduras that scares me the most. What it's is? the United States government that scares me the most. Now, I have a question about this. I, I'm looking at another Reason article from earlier in the year, and you guys are talking about – I did not listen to last, last night's show, but um, you're, you're telling me that they are going to build a city in the, inside the country of Honduras rather than build one out on the ocean somewhere? I, somewhere in the landmass known as Honduras. Now, Honduras yes. has many islands, and you know maybe they would choose to give up an island. I don't know. Hmm. So that huh. is an important, um, you know, and being it, shipping is important, I, I would say. Right. So I, I hadn't really heard much beyond the uh, the concept of seasteading, which my understanding was you go live in the ocean and your own, you know, pile of whatever you build your own city. But what you're telling me is that they're actually going into an established country and 
trying this, and I think that's fantastic. I yeah, I think it's a them. great idea, and well, I, you know, I, I, I love the idea success. of going um, going out on the water because I think that there are some advantages to it. But there's certainly some advantages to the land too, and I'm very interested in how this goes forward. I think that the single biggest drawback to the land is governments truly believe themselves to own it, even though Honduras has altered their constitution, and I find that to be an extraordinarily important part of this. Um, I think they that could always alter it back, though, right? That's that's right. They, <laughs> so they've altered their constitution which is you know the foundational document and that's a good thing Uh, that's a very good thing it makes me excited but they can you know they can do whatever they want because they have the guns and you know governments have have violated their constitutions all over the place and what does it do to them well you know somebody may may get a scolding what does it do to you well you could be dead you certainly be impoverished you know anything could happen right and also something to take into uh to account here is the I guess the the attitude of the folks that live in the area. I don't know anything about Honduras, so I can't comment on you know what Hondurans tend to maybe lean towards as far Andereños. as Hondureños. I know you love that. Say again, Hondureños. What is that? Hondurans. Oh, that's how. Okay, gotcha. yes, I, 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 I know you it? love to come up with uh, you know some really over the top Spanish accent. Yeah, and uh, so that's there's one for you. Hondureños. Huh? Yeah. Okay. So uh, so I don't know what you know what. Like here in America, there's this idea of freedom, right? That's yeah, maybe in New Hampshire a little more popular than in other places, but it's it's there. You know, the idea is that well, this country was founded on freedom, and uh, of course we know it's not really true. But the ideas out there, what sort of ideas do many of the people in Honduras hold, and how would they feel about uh, some gringos coming in? Uh, and oh, I think they'd like it very much. You think so? Absolutely. 855-450-3733. You can take control here of the airwaves. one 855 Also, got a, a, a pretty big concern coming up here in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in via the toll-free number, 855-450-FREE. That number brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-855-450-3733. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. And we invite you on over to our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a webcam. You can go watch, listen, and interact because the chat room's built into the same page there over at cam.freetalklive.com. Talk to other Free Talk Live listeners while you're enjoying the program over at uh, cam.freetalklive.com. It's free. Lots of people, I think lots of people have trouble making time to read books these days. Um, one of the ways I've solved that problem is audiobooks. They're a great way to get the reading in that you want to do without carving out time um, for, uh, out of your day to sit down and, and read a book. Audible.com is the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment. Whether it's uh, business books, classics, fiction, erotica, history, science fiction, everything else. It's fast, 
It's easy. It's affordable. I've listened to audiobooks all the time, and I have used the Audible process, and it is easy for me. So if it's easy for me, it should be easy for you. <laughs> um, well, I'm looking right here at the Ascent of Money, a Financial History of the World. Looks another really great one that you can get. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash FTL, and you'll get a free gold membership, and that includes a download. Uh, so download a book, try it out, audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. All right, so we've been talking about this news that we actually uh, we heard about last night and talked briefly then. I wanted to get a little deeper into it, uh, which I think it's exciting news. I am interested. I'm intrigued. I would like to know more. I would, uh, I, I'm interested in, in following this as it develops, and hopefully it will develop in, in many, many positive ways. Uh, but, of course, uh, right now the information that we have access to is limited. We're talking about the uh, guy who kind of was in charge of the Seasteading Institute has moved. He's, he's resigned from the Seasteading Institute, and he's now focusing on land with Future Cities Development Incorporated, looking to build a city in Honduras because Honduras has amended its constitution to allow what they call special autonomous zones, which will be exempt from local and federal laws down there. So the idea is to build a, a city in which they're – Purportedly, will be more freedom, uh, and I guess I'm I'm interested. Nemi, you hadn't heard about this before tonight, is that right? Well, I I had in passing, like I had a general idea of what seasteading just the was. seasteading thing, right? Though. Exactly, but I hadn't heard about this project. Right. So, I mean, just on what you know thus far, what are your thoughts? I think it's a fantastic idea. Start from scratch and see see what the the free market of governance comes up with. Okay, so one of the things that was said last night, you know, was pointed out, Patrick Friedman is the grandson of Milton Friedman. Which means nothing except that, you know, he's got this sort of gravitas behind his name. And, and, and we know that he has a, had a really great education. Now, Milton Friedman isn't a free market guy, right? Well, like, last night I said maybe it would be free market, but then I kind of, I don't know if I corrected myself appropriately. This is the guy who went down to Chile and, like, basically, doesn't he advocate a central bank? Okay, the, the Chicago school, not the Austrian school. That's correct. Of Chicagoans uh, tend to uh, uh, advocate for a central bank, and you know that much is true. But remember, their social security is a much more stable platform than ours is. Um, I mean, you know, they. I think that you know he's that he's the ninety percent of the way as uh, the Chicagoans are now. Just mm. because. Just because uh, Milton is a Chicagoan doesn't mean that uh, I'm not Pat- saying Patry has the same belief system. As a matter but- of fact, I'm pretty certain he doesn't. I mean, I've I followed his Facebook page, and I'm not going to speak for the guy or anything like that. But if he's not Austrian, I'd be very surprised. Okay, so here I was looking at the Fast Company article here, and they're interviewing uh, Patry Friedman, and it says here that when asked if he's building another libertarian utopia. And I don't know if he ever built the first libertarian utopia, because if he did, I'd probably be there. Uh, (laughs) But uh, I guess they're referring to seasteading, which never really built anything. It just was more of a planning phase. Uh, But so when asked if he's building another libertarian utopia, he responded by saying, quote, the evidence is much stronger that rule of law, fairness and a lack of corruption leads to more economic growth than low taxes. And what scares me about that statement is the term rule of law. And that's one of those uh, key words that, like, conservative types tend to kind of harp on, like, a rule of law. We've got the rule of law here in America. And I'm not saying he's coming at it from that perspective, 
maybe he's pandering to that particular perspective, or I don't know what he means by rule of law. And as you said, Mark, he's not doing interviews at the moment, so well, we can't ask him. But when I hear that, I think, hmm. Well, that doesn't really sound like a free marketplace at all. Yeah, somebody already has an idea how it's going to go. Well, okay, so it sounds like a little. I you hear know, when I hear them. when I heard that. Um, what I heard was, and and you know, I mean, I, I'd be willing to take. I'm going to take a look at this if it ever gets off the ground. Sure, me too. I want to. I want to find out what are, what laws are they ruling by. Um, these are certainly questions I had. But remember, they're not pitching this to guys like you and I. I mean, show me the rich voluntarist, Ian. Well, I don't know anybody who's rich. Mark. Yeah, yeah, I don't either. And um, I, mean, so I know a few people that have. Some I do money, know but... a lot of rich minarchists, and by minarchist, mm-hmm. I mean just sort of your average libertarian guy. And the average libertarian person, I should say, um, is you know, I mean, there the rule of law tends to speak to that person. It is a catchphrase for that person. And and this place will have its own laws, if you can call it that. Mm-hmm. And those laws will be abided by because um, you know, I mean, if you want to use that term. I mean, don't you want rules by which people must abide? I'm fine with rules, Mark, and I think that uh, you know, obviously they're focusing on private property, and that makes sense. And private property owners should be able to have rules on their property. That's that's fine. It's just that that term just kind of strikes me the wrong way when yes. I hear it. I I know, and I understand. It makes me very, I, and I would be very cautious about. You checking should be cautious anyway. about this anyway. Right. But to me, what I heard was at the very um, at the worst. He hopes to build a Hong Kong off the coast of uh, of Guatemala. Yeah. Uh, excuse me, off of the coast of Honduras. Honduras. And um, I always get those two confused. I always have. Um, but Honduras has the the better named uh, capital of Tegucigalpa, and where Guatemala is just like Guatemala City. That's kind of boring. So the you know at the very worst he wants to create a Hong Kong out there. At the very best, something that's even freer than Hong Kong. Yeah. Either one of those. I'm interested in going to. I mean, if you can drive to this place, which is what it sounds like, where you know you might be able to do, you can certainly drive to Tegucigalpa. Um, I don't know where they're going to build this, but you know, it, it sounds to me like I could take I could take my dog, my cat, and uh, you know the few things that I want to keep, load them into a trailer, and pull them behind the, uh, the car and, and head on down. Right. So one of my other concerns about and the this, gas would cost about five hundred bucks to get there from here. So one of my other concerns about this is, as you pointed out, Mark, it's definitely something that's not being marketed to the average person, right? Because you're going to have to have, at least so the way it seems, is you're going to have to have some serious capital to be able to get involved in this operation. Maybe, maybe not. I've thought about this, too. Um, the First off, new construction isn't going to be cheap. So even your average uh, 3-2 um, is probably going to be about $250,000. Labor is going to be cheap there, but uh, you know everything else is going to cost more because they have to ship it in to some extent. So um, there could be the money men in this could be actually financing because the biggest problem with building in Honduras is getting financing, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and so they could actually be offering the financing for people to come in and do this. So it it is possible. It's possible for what? For the uh, the average person to swing this financially. It's possible. It's possible that they could build this. In the way that the average person could swing it, they so need what people. is what is the attraction to the average person? More freedom. That's yeah. supposedly a thousand average people have moved for the Free State Project. That's right. If they could get a thousand average people to move there, eight five five four fifty free. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. In every age. 
age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society, the wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want. The toll-free number, 855-450-FREE. You can also tell us how you feel about this idea of building a supposedly free-ish, free city or something like that in Honduras uh, in a what they call an autonomous zone. We'll uh, get back into that and also take your calls. 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. Ruger's new SR-40C is the compact version of the recoil-reducing striker-fired SR-40 pistol. Uh, SR-40 is one of the slimmest and most ergonomic full-size 40 calibers on the market today. The SR-40C is based on the same high-performance glass-filled nylon frame as those used in so many of the great Ruger pistols, offering the same features, including a slim frame, short trigger reach, reversible backstrap, amnidextrous controls. The SR-40C features a, a throw-hardened stainless steel slide or an alloy steel slide with Nitrodox Pro Black finish. You can see it at Bruger.com and purchase it at your local gun dealer. It's uh, Bruger.com. You can see it there and get it at your local gun dealer. Let's go to the phones, to the fun. Chris, in California, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Emmy, and Mark. Hey, guys. Um, I'm actually heading off to Honduras tomorrow. Really? Why? <laughs> I think it's actually funny that you're talking about it, and I'm going to be out there for a month. Uh, my girlfriend's out there, and I'm going out to visit the family. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? You said you're going out to what? I'm going out to Honduras. Mm-hmm. And you said your girlfriend is out there and you're going out to... To visit the family and everything. Had you been out there before? Yeah, oh yeah, I've been out there several times. In fact, I spent about six years of my life living in Latin America, mostly in Uruguay, but I'm calling to say pretty much that if somebody's going to pick Honduras to do a project like that, it doesn't sound like a very good idea. Why? Well, because Honduras is, you know, it's it's the very definition of a state-run, you know, state-run capitalism. I mean... Most places in Latin America, there's a lot of these so-called free autonomous zones, but most of those areas are made for development of, like, you know, corporate entities to set up shop. And, you know, I mean... Well, that's what they're I talking about here is, uh, you know, Fast Company, or, excuse me, Fast Company's reporting on it, but the company is, uh, let's see, it's called Future Cities Development Incorporated. So, essentially, right. they would be giving, you know, granting some level of, of property, amount of property to this Future Cities Development Incorporation. Well, to yeah. per, to create a city, some sort of a private city of some sort. You're well, saying Honduras you don't think that's a good idea a in Honduras? Large, I'm sorry. They've been part of a very large campaign, Honduras, over the past 10 years. And, you know, freeing up their market, quote-unquote, to let in more big businesses or even uh, investors from the United States come in. You know, but that Honduras would allow some kind of, you know, autonomous area where any, you know, Indian can go in and set up their tent. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. And it, I don't believe that would happen. Even if you got Wait, when you say Indians, there. I mean, are you talking about the people that live in Honduras or? Well, yeah, you've got, you've got a huge split in Honduras. You've got the people who have their very, you know, indigenous backgrounds up to the people who speak, you know, English fluently. I mean. So you know, the fact that they altered their constitution means nothing to you? It's, well, you see that it's, that depends. I mean, if you look at that, they alter their their constitution. I mean, 
And what, what did they alter it? That's what I'm kind of not sure about because I haven't heard exactly what about. Well, we I, haven't I, read the not const- constitutional lawyers here, and we, I certainly haven't poured over the uh, Honduranian uh, constitution. Right. So we have to take the word of the Fast Company article here that says that Honduras altered their amended their constitution in January to permit the creation of special autonomous zones exempt from local and federal laws. Right. And I would I would be it would be my understanding and my guess just based on the fact from other Latin American countries that have done the same thing, that's more of an invitation open for people who want to, like, build a hotel or something like that. People got money, they can't invest it in the States, so they go out to Honduras and do it. And that's been going on for a good 10, almost 15 years. So it says here that there's a non-binding memorandum of understanding to build a city in such a zone. So, I mean, the claim from this company, this Future Cities Development, is that they've already negotiated with the government of Honduras and that they have some sort of a zone set aside already and that next year they're going to begin building uh, something in that zone, some sort of a city. So they're not just – we're not just talking about a grocery store here. We're talking about a a city. And the other thing you have to figure about this is, um, you know, most people aren't going to swan dive into this. They're not going to take all their possessions, put them, uh, you know, in a uh, truck and drive it straight down there and say, I'm here. Let me be free. They're going to go down. They're going to check it out. And either this is going to work or it's not. I mean, it's not our investment capital in that area. So, I mean, uh, should we be skeptical? I think we should all be skeptical when we... Well, the deal's very undemocratic. I mean, the state's the one giving up the land, not the people. And if the people had anything to do with it, because it's over 50% unemployment, they get all the little pesos or lampitas, is what they call them, together, and they go in and move in and enjoy their autonomy. They're not going to not going to happen. The state's not going to allow it to happen. If they want to make deals with rich people for the states, that's fine. But I would be very cautious about even thinking of that as even a good idea. I think it would well, be damaging to you know the people. Well, what would those people would be able to work for folks? I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a job, right? Selling up sovereign, selling sovereign land to foreign investors to me is a what is sovereign big, land? You mean the the Indians that are on that land? Is that what you're saying that they're you're talking about going in and um, you know moving people off of uh, off of land? Fundamentally, they have a republic and they have a right to their own property. That's some. Well, how did they get that republic? And they how do they get the right to all that property? I mean, does the guy in the north have the right to the the property in the south? Well, now wait a minute. Let me see if I'm clear on something, Chris. Are you saying that uh, you think that Honduras is selling people's land out from underneath them? I believe the state is. Yeah. Okay. Well, if that's happening, then I have a real problem. I mean, yeah, I, absolutely. If uh, you know, if, but, if this company, is- Chris, here's what I want to want to decide is what I want to figure out is: Do you believe that the quote unquote people of Honduras own all the land that the government um, calls Honduras? Do you believe that? Do the people own all the land? Do, do, I mean, okay, so is it possible, is there a place where the government would be able to allow a company to go in and set up one of these autonomous zones? I think that people have a right to negotiate what's going to you know, happen with their own sovereign land, within their own jurisdiction. That's not what's going on. The people are like, yeah, let's sell off our land to investors so that we could bring in business and get jobs. That's fine. But that's not what's going on. This is a state deal, not a people's deal. So, so let me understand correctly. I, I'm not, I've been looking for information on how big these zones actually are in acres or square miles or whatever. I'm Hectares. Not really, oh, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, I'm not really able to find anything. So I'm, I'm, I'm just going to assume because we're talking about a city of hundreds and hundreds of acres probably in, in one zone. So, I know the state of New Hampshire, as an example, 
does own hundreds and hundreds of acres that it could, in theory, sell to someone else. Like at a state park. Or right, a like state that. park. We're, we're looking to do that, actually, with several state parks because of the, the, the budget and economy problems here. Mm-hmm. But what I'm interested in knowing, I hadn't really thought of the caller's point, which is that the country is selling um, this property out from under um, present property holders. And well, that's, well, I mean, that's a possibility, right? We right. don't know if that's true. And if that is true, I have a real problem with that. Right. And I'm not really even clear on whether uh, you would purchase an, uh, an autonomous zone or you would just pay to be there and just be exempt from um, laws and, and rules and whatnot. Good question. Here, What's the agreement yeah, right. uh, between this company and hon- the government of Honduras? Well, that's what Texas did with, with uh, Spain, essentially, when they put in that big highway and Chris, I don't know. We got some issue with your phone. I thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from well, you at eight five five four fifty three. I think I Chris more, brings up a good point. Well, I think that it's it's something to be cautious of. But I, here's my question. So let's say let's use the United States because I understand it a little better. The United States government claims to own all kinds of land all over the United States, sure. especially out west and certainly in Alaska. If there is a place in the United States, the United States government decided to sell to a company in order to create one of these autonomous zones mm-hmm. so maybe somebody could create a libertopia of some sort, and nobody lived on that land, then would it be okay for the United States government to sell it to a company, or would that land belong to the people of the geographic region of, say, Nevada? I mean, would the people then have to... It's a good question. Does the government legitimately own anything is really what that uh, focuses on. Right. And I at would which say, point, there's, you know, there's no room for expansion at all. I, I, I think that uh, the government doesn't own any of their land. And that I don't you should think be that the people that don't it. live on land own that land either. I, I don't agree think with the that. people of Nevada own a piece of land that the government no might doubt, give. No In doubt. the same way, I don't believe the people of Nevada own the frickin' moon right. so I if I decide see it as to a move up there. Land sale, I would see it more as a bribe. I mean, essentially, it absolutely is. This is the right. same. It's the same way as. Um, but you know, it's it should. It's not a legitimate bribe to be able to go in and move people off their land. I agree with that entirely. Right. But if there's nobody there, then, then yeah, what? If there's nobody there, then I don't see what the issue is. So really, that's the ultimate question. 855-450-FREE. More about uh, the Honduras situation here in moments. Your thoughts welcome. Free Talk Live. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want and dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there, and they're free, so head over there and enjoy those. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us over at shop.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through the links there at the top, there's Amazons for the U.S., Canada, U.K., Germany. Click into the one that's appropriate for you. Get your shopping taken care of. I just ordered uh, one of those, a couple of, actually three of those micro USB cable things, Mark. They were like, Two bucks a pop. Are those the things that you charge cell phones with, or are those the things that you sort of download small information from smaller devices with? 
Those are cables. Okay. So you would use it to charge a cell phone, for instance. Okay. Because there's micros and then there's minis, right? Right. There's the right. The uh, mini one is the larger one. The micro is the smaller. It one. It sounds that way. Yeah. And you had said something about like there was some government regulation. As I that, understand, there's a government mandate that all cell phones must now be charged with this mini USB the charging micro. thing. Oh, I heard the about micro. that. Excuse me, the micro. Yeah. And frankly, I'm not a fan of government regulation, but I am a fan of uh, you know the, the, the there being a uniform charging thing. And for whatever the reason, the marketplace was not coming up with that. That wasn't something that the marketplace was coming forward with because cell phone manufacturers were incentivized to create their own kind of... Uh, I don't think that's true. Um, I think that maybe some cell phone manufacturers did that, but the last phone I had had a mini USB jack on it and was compatible with all the USB cables I had. So... Clearly, that particular phone company, uh, it was HTC in that case, was interested in making their phones, you know, was easy it the to first use. phone that you had that was like that? Nope, my uh, BlackBerry before that had that's a USB awesome. I'm really glad. Um, this and is now the first... this new phone has a micro, and now I've got to get all new cables thanks to this government regulation. I would be happy to take your old cables off your hands. Okay, cool. So anyway, I got them. What my point was, I got them for less than two bucks a pop, six foot cables on uh, Amazon, and I went through shop.freetalklive.com because when you do that, uh, you get a portion. Free Talk Live gets a portion of uh, your purchase price, so uh, you'll you'll get a great deal. I mean, if you went into to a big box store and tried to buy a six foot USB cable, you'd be paying far more uh, than two dollars per cable, and it was free shipping on top of that. So it's like, unbeatable. Uh, Again, shop.freetalklive.com. The Freedom Engineers are a cadre of coders, creatives, and anarcho-capitalist nerds from around the world, around the unfree world, who are, as I speak, collaborating on the technology and enterprises that will build the free future. Join an inspired team that is 50 strong already. Get the help you need to complete your radical idea, or jump in and lend a hand with exciting projects already in motion. Go to freedomengineering.org and join the team by signing up for our free newsletter, uh, freedomengineering.org. It's time to build freedom. Again, it's freedomengineering.org. All right. So uh, we're going to continue taking your calls and thoughts. So the issue on the table at the moment, of course, you can bring up anything, is this idea of building a a free city in Honduras. Apparently, uh, one company has already some at some level made an agreement with the government of Honduras to – carve out an autonomous zone in their country and allegedly next year they're going to start building so this is a product or a project that is you know should come to realization relatively soon unlike the old seasteading uh, project which apparently still exists uh, that is you know still in the planning we're going to talk about it for a long time kind of phase and then maybe do something Uh, this company appears to be interested in actually doing something real soon so i think that's pretty exciting but there's some issues that have kind of cropped up already and we don't know a whole lot about the project but i think some of them uh, some of the issues are are good uh, and, and and real concerns that people need to look at like you know the point is or the question is is the country of honduras going to uh, carve out this autonomous zone of an area in which there's no population whatsoever, or are they going to use you know the equivalent of eminent domain to come in and steal people's property from them to turn over to this private uh, development corporation? So the country of Honduras is about four and a half times the size of New Hampshire, and it's about a little a little more populous than that. And New Hampshire it's eight million people. 
8 million people. New Hampshire has 1.3 or so. 1.4. So, I mean, that's about almost uh, four and a half times. I mean, you know, it's pretty pretty close. And there's a lot of New Hampshire that you could put a large – you could just make a whole city where nobody lives and just carve out a piece. And there's what they call urban flight going on in um, Honduras right now, which is poor people going to the city in order to get jobs. This is essentially the creation of another city. The city would be ruled on – under its own uh, set of guidelines, which I would hope would be more free, which would then offer jobs to these, uh, you know, in, indigenous folks or whomever. I mean, you know, just jobs to everybody. I mean, you know, when you're talking about, I mean, I would I would assume you're talking about some people that are very, very poor there. Um, you know, I mean, I, that's just my guess. And those people can benefit uh, others by working and, you know, benefit themselves by making money. Sure. So if if they're taking, uh, you know, but if they're taking land from people that own it, they or, shouldn't. Or, or, you know, even Indians that have been there for a long time or whatever, that's, uh, I mean, that's essentially ownership because it's, it's homesteading. That's uh, a real problem for me. And we don't know what they're going to do. That that de- Those details haven't been announced. The, the well, location of this autonomous zone. Ownership is an important thing to define. Has here. not been announced. To me, what uh, ownership of land means in an area like this where it's not particularly codified, and I can, I can see Chris's concern that called in, um, is that you know somebody lives on the land, somebody is using the land, somebody is benefiting themselves through the use of the land or hunting on the land that's or something like that. Man, that's ownership. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's homesteading. Now, whereas we own all of this, it is ours, and you must get our permission, and, you know, it's been well, stolen from us. That's what the government's saying, right? Well, the government's saying we own all this. And we're there's a be lot of to... people out there that would hoot and howl. If I tried to build something on my property in the town I live in, you can believe that there are people that have an opinion about it. There are lots of nosy people that no want to tell you what you can do on your land absolutely we they, have that here too they believe they own your land at least in the area that they can decide what you build on it now those people are nosy busybodies. right well hopefully they won't have any say in this because this should be an autonomous zone and, and if uh, this company doesn't pay these people to vacate their land, if there are people on the land and the company doesn't vacate, pay them to vacate, then as far as I'm concerned, they're doing something that's unjust. No doubt. Let's talk to Jeffrey listening in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Jeffrey. Hey, guys. Hey, what's uh, on your mind? I uh, think everybody needs to uh, calm down and take a breath a little bit on this issue. Um, what they're talking about is economist Bruce Romer's idea of the charter city. Yes. It's roughly analogous to a charter school. Not as good as a private school, but a step in the right direction. And I lived in uh, Honduras for a couple years, um, whether or not that's relevant. But the, 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 the salient thing to remember that I want to say is that, you know, the idea here is to create a freer place to do business. Right. Mm-hmm. It is to try and introduce a freer market in governance, the idea that you could choose with your feet to live in a place with rules that reflect your values instead of values that are imposed on you, and that that would, help, that would be a huge step towards uh, cr- creating a, a freer world. Uh, but they're not setting out to create a libertarian anarchist utopia. I'm, I'm sorry. They're, oh, really? they're, we live in a world of nation states, and we have to. So start you know, hold on, wait, wait. You know what they're going to do, or you're speculating, and you believe strongly that you know what they're going to do. That, that, okay, I, I, you're right. I'm not on the board of directors of this company, but uh, okay. the, the, uh, 
the I, you know, I, I listened to a lecture by Professor Romer, who was the guy who came up with the idea and pitched it to the Hondurans. And the so, reason why I think the Hondurans jumped at it was because they are poor, they know they're poor, and they are looking. They're 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 lean and hungry, kind of like a startup company country, like we were two hundred years ago. Right. And they're looking for an edge. And I applaud that. In that. Me too. Now you know that this isn't Romer that's in charge of this. This no, is no, no. But, Friedman but he's, he's that's in charge actually of this. the academic godfather of it. Well, to some extent, but um, Friedman disavowed sort of connection to the uh, to to Romer in his uh, statement, essentially that you know we're going along that line. But you can, if you have an autonomous city state, then you can decide what the government looks like in that. And the government that Romer would create would be different than the one that Friedman would create. In the same way that the government that I would create would be different than the one that you would create. Absolutely. And I mean, I I was unfamiliar. Is Patrick Friedman uh, involved in this project? He is the CEO of this organization. Now, it does say here that Future Cities Marketing Materials is from the Fast Company article. Quote Romer repeatedly and explicitly cites charter cities as their model. For his part, Romer emphasizes he has no involvement with the Future Cities Company and cites his nonprofit think tank strict conflict of interest policy. So while Romer shares the belief that neoliberal globalization can be harnessed toward humanitarian ends by creating work skills and a path out of poverty where there currently is none, he has no intentions of making money while doing it. Uh, but, uh, you know, Friedman's company is a for profit company. Yeah, and, and I guess, you know, I guess Patrick finally realized that best is the enemy of good enough, and it'd be great if we could get the seasteading thing going, but maybe yeah, it doesn't look like that's going to pan slightly out. less ambitious. Jeffrey, thanks for the call, man. More problem. coming up. It's Free sure. Talk Live. On DVD for a limited time. Chase lives here. You move back here with my son. You're a predator, Jack! Yearly is a bold, independent film about the struggles of a middle-class father as he fights to win back his family after being fired for sexual harassment. Reviewers call Yearly superb, amazing, and one of the most honest looks at today's modern man in marriage to hit the silver screen. I'm guilty of cheating on my wife. Winner of Best Feature at the Malibu International Film Festival and other festival awards including Best Actor and the Platinum Reel Award. Yearly set against the backdrop of the difficult job market and follows a flawed man who makes one bad decision after another as he faces the intrusive scrutiny of the courts. Why didn't you tell me you had a kid and a wife? Go to yearlymovie.com. That's Y-E-A-R-D-L-E-Y movie.com to own the DVD now before they're gone. You have no idea what it's like. You cheated on me. Click the Amazon link on yearlymovie.com and a portion of the sale goes to support Free Talk Live. That's yearlymovie.com. Are you firing me, Riley? You can bring up anything that you want. The toll-free number, 855-453. That number brought to you by SACL CAI as we launch into the second hour of the program. 1-855-450-3733. Here tonight, it's Ian. Nami. And Mark. Inviting you to the website at freetalklive.com. Features are free, unlike those other talk show hosts who want to charge you for their sites. Go and dig in and uh, interact as much as you like. Or just look at it. You can do that, too, over at freetalklive.com. So we're going to get back into this autonomous zones thing. Uh, the uh, country of Honduras modified its constitution earlier this year to allow for the creation of uh, what are so-called autonomous zones, which by the definition or by the description provided over at Fast Company uh, in their discussion of this, 
is uh, described as exempt from local and federal laws. Now, Nemi's been doing a little bit more digging, and we're going to talk more about what this constitutional amendment actually entailed. Uh, And uh, it's very interesting. We'll get to that in a moment here. But first, Jeremy is listening in, I think it's Alaska, but it says AL, which is Alabama. Jeremy? Jeremy? The internet, fellas. Hey, Do I get are. my clinking glasses? Because I've been drinking tonight. <laughs> we'll, we'll get them going for you, Jeremy. So, so you you're you are in Alaska, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Uh, yes, sir. And uh, I think technology is so cool. You know, I can talk to you guys on the internet. I'm talking to you guys on. Is that cool or what? What do you What do you got? Like a like a voice over IP phone or something going on? Well, it's like a Gmail plug-in, You know, if you get a gmail account you can uh if you get a gmail account they'll do a plug-in my dog's drinking out of his bowl sorry about the background noise. that's all right we couldn't hear that but uh but uh you know the reason i called you guys tonight was, so you're calling us over a gmail account is that you, you make a phone call through like google voice you can do that yeah yeah it sounds yeah, it sounds pretty good like man plug-in better than mine ever does I didn't know that you had internet out there in uh, the frozen tundra. Well, it's not exactly the tundra. That's uh, two miles north of here. So tell me, what are you calling about tonight? Well, uh, well, I want to talk about this Newt Gingrich character. What about him? Well, uh, how, how can any conservative, you know, support or anybody that has any sense of reality about anything that has to do with the constitution well conservatives uh, don't care about the constitution this guy you know well i mean conservatives uh, don't care about the constitution that's why they support warmongering and things like that and of course liberals don't care either um but uh, well, you know this guy, guy I mean, supported I... gun ban he supported the brady bill ian you know what I he's mean? He's not great on guns. He's got a D. I think uh, I think it was a D or D D minus from uh, Gun Owners of America. He was the yes, worst sir, rated that's right, Republican. Mark. Yeah, but he wants to put drug dealers to death and like conservatives like that stuff because they like controlling people and what they can do in their own personal lives. And so, uh, like uh, anybody, you know, before that, when they passed that law back in I think it was ninety six, they uh, that there's. Like all the people that had domestic violences, maybe even just for spanking their kid or anything, they all lost their gun rights. No trials, no nothing. Poof, gone. Well, you know? usually when it comes to yeah. politicians, uh, people feel like they have to compromise. Uh, whether you're talking about this Newt Gingrich guy or some other uh, politician, Barack Obama, anybody. You know, a lot of times people that vote for these folks vote for them with their noses held. Uh, they're only usually voting for these people in, you know, because they don't have any other choice or they feel like the you know, the other guy's worse so we're gonna have to go with the guy that wants to ban guns who you know is uh, at the same time maybe they agree with him on a few other things um so i don't know i, I mean is he still the well, I mean, it's like the, it, you got tea partiers out there Ian, that are supporting this new gingers guy and he goes I suspect, well, they're supporting him. I, I suspect they're supporting him over Ron Paul for a couple of reasons. They probably believe that Ron Paul can't win, which if Ron Paul does well they're in Iowa... They're probably war hawks. 
And the other reason is, is they just won't tell you that their deep-seated concern is, is that if we pull back uh, the United States military, you know, cut back its uh, presence around the world, that somehow we're going to be invaded by a big horde of uh, Muslim folks, or right. that China will be the uh, superpower in in the United States' place. When China doesn't have the navy to field um, if the, if it had to. I mean, well, if, reality doesn't need to come into the to play, right. Mark. In, if, in if the United States ceased to be the superpower, there would wouldn't be one for a decade because it just couldn't well, thought, be built. What? Isn't that why my forefathers gave me a right to bear arms? So if I get invaded by a horde of whatever, then I can throw in a couple of 30 clips and take care of it. Right? There you go. And you sound like you're in a condition to do that right now. Jeremy, thanks for the call, man. appreciate hearing from you at uh, 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. I used to have a friend who um, liked to uh, drink, and then he would bring over his newest uh, uh, horrifying weapon that he uh, purchased. He'd always carry it in his car. So he'd come over. I mean, I'd, I had weapons like like an H&K 93 with an H-bar. I mean, like hmm. seriously. He is serious. Like loaded in the house. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, he just loved to show him off after he'd had a couple. I I don't like that very much. I don't It's disturbing. It is disturbing. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't have, uh, you know, know, maybe you shouldn't have some kind of weapon to uh, um, protect yourself. And I'm not saying that every time you've had a beer, you should never go anywhere near a a firearm. However, you know, I mean, this is somewhat juvenile. But again, we were somewhat juveniles. So while we're on the topic, Mark, didn't you say something to me before the show about Ron Paul? winning a straw poll of some sort yeah this is um here's the news you will not hear um as a matter of fact it's uh, really only being reported at uh, dailypoll.com because mm-hmm. it only counts when other republicans win straw polls right now when ron if paul, ron paul wins, wins it's always a scam or something like the, you know the, those internet people they came in and they screwed everything up yeah, that's uh, pretty much what it goes to. Ron Paul won the GOP Oklahoma straw poll today. That was Monday, twelve five. Voting was da- uh, done uh, along- online, and voters were charged five dollars. And straw polls often tend to be fundraising things mm-hmm. for uh, parties. And I'm not going to tell you that I think that straw polls are the best, uh, you know, way to determine who the front runners are. However, I will tell you that the media will report on any straw poll during this election uh, in which someone besides Ron Paul wins mm. and will not report on a straw poll in which Ron Paul wins. Right. And this Just is a fluke. And this is the kind of thing that well it's not they don't claim it's a fluke. They 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 claim it's fixed. Mm-hmm. You know, the Ron Paul supporters and they are. They you know, Ron Paul supporters are rabid and they will get out there and get involved. But this yeah. is what blackthisout.com was all, was talking about when it ran that big fundraiser for Ron Paul. And uh, in this case, it was um, from the OKGOP website. Ron Paul, 46%. Herman Cain, this was two days ago, Ian. Herman Cain, 25%. After he'd withdrawn from the election. Wasn't that the same day? Yeah. Okay. Maybe maybe it was uh, afterwards. Newt Gingrich at 17%. Mitt Romney at 6%. Rick Perry at 3%. Michelle- and how many votes total? Any idea? Oh, uh, let's see. Just there, curiosity. Yeah, it's al- it's always a good question to uh, to be had. Because forty six percent that's a lot. I mean, forty six significant for Ron Paul. I don't know. I mean, I've seen ones where he's at uh, seventy five. Roughly three hundred and fifty votes were cast. Okay. So that's pretty good. That's a pretty big number. It, for for a straw poll, it's a it's essentially the GOP fundraiser for that state, and they mm-hmm. usually only get them once a year. Right. Um, and that's a physical. Me, that's a physical years. vote, right? Like those people are all in the same building. It's in like this case, they were allowed to do it online, but oh, they really? had to pay five bucks to mm-hmm. vote. I see. And I guess you had to be a um, which you know paying paying money does kind of keep some of the rabble out, right? Like they yeah. keep some of the people that might 
might kind of try to you tinker had to be with the system. A Oklahoma voter to participate and pay your five dollars. Got it. So that's what uh, that's what it took. Okay. And I'm not saying I don't believe that uh, straw polls are a good indicator of who's going to win the election. I, the only thing that I like that what I like to make sure is that we report on them because nobody else will. They'll report on any other straw poll that any other Republican yep, candidate you. wins, and Ron Paul doesn't get the credit. So uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens. I guess uh, so that Kane guy's gone, and then I don't know if anyone else has dropped out. I don't really pay close attention. Not to this that stuff. I know of, other so, than uh, uh, Teapaw uh, dropped out. Tim, so they're going to be. Oh okay. Huh. So they're going to be having another one of those debates soon, I guess. Uh, I've heard. Well, they're, they're, I don't even know what. To, I, there's just been so many debates. I, I mean, I'm glad about that. It's I like the uh, the Nashua Boy Scouts are going to put together a de- debate, and uh, I, you know. I hope they do because uh, the more debates they have, the more airtime Ron Paul gets. Yes, that's that's true. That's and all it's I been care about. Incredibly frustrating. Yeah. All I care about is that people hear what Ron Paul has to say. And they're getting more Ron Paul in this election than they did in 2008. So that's a good thing. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. People ask me, Tim, why did you start VerbalSurgery.com? Well, it's easy. I started making these podcasts to make you feel better right now. That's right. From the tops of the Himalayas to the bottom of the deepest seas. That's right. These broadcasts go out to everywhere on the planet and most importantly, deep inside of your brain to make you feel better right now. And isn't that what it's all about? Verbalsurgery.com. Check it out today. Talk live. Dial in toll free and bring up what you want. The number 855-453. That's 1-855-450-3733. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have for you there. Uh, those features include the bulletin board system. You can go and interact with other Free Talk Live listeners. And now you have more control than in the past. Uh, as of the last couple months, you can actually control the content of your own thread. So when you post something new, a new thread to the BBS, the forum there, uh, you actually get to decide whether or not people, uh, their responses will stay. So for instance, if somebody tries to come in and troll your thread, rather than responding to the troll, you can just delete the, the troll's post. And that should keep down on the unwanted posts over at the BBS. So head on over to bbs.freetalklive.com. We've been talking about bitcoins here on Free Talk Live for quite some time. But for some people, obtaining them has been tricky. Until now, crypto exchange is the fastest and safest way to buy and sell your bitcoins. They also have a complete bullion store where you can buy and sell gold and silver privately with bitcoins. If you're totally clueless about the bitcoin currency, they've got 24-hour customer service. Just visit their site and click on the live support link at the top. It's crypto exchange. Uh, their banner is at bitcoin.freetalklive.com. You can uh, go and click through and get there. That's probably the easiest way to do it. It's bitcoin.freetalklive.com. All right. So the first hour of the program, we got kind of in-depth on this issue of uh, the guy from formerly of Seasteading Institute, uh, Patry Friedman, leaving the Seasteading Institute to join Future Cities Development Incorporation. And this company has entered into what they call a non-binding memorandum of understanding with the government of Honduras <laughs> – and the purpose of this is to create a city. I love these legal terms, the non-binding memorandum, memorandum of yeah. understanding. <laughs> uh, so to create some sort of a city in one of these autonomous zones that now can be created in Honduras. According to the story of Fast Company, fastcoexist.com, 
the uh, they say that Honduras amended their constitution in January to permit the creation of special autonomous zones exempt from local and federal laws. So this is being hailed within the liberty activist community as, oh, it's another you know chance to uh, you know to be free. We're going to go down and build this city from scratch in Honduras, and we're going to live free. And I think that's if that's what happens, that's great. I support it. You know, I'd certainly look into having a you know a second house down there or something like that. The, the summer home. Well, it would be a winter home. The winter home. Yeah, uh, but uh, let's see. So, like, I, I support the idea. I think it's a good idea, and I'm interested to see what happens with it. Certainly, we'll keep our eyes on things here at Free Talk Live. But I had some concerns. Kind of went into some of those uh, during the first hour, and one of those concerns is: well, you are dealing with a government. Like they they're having this memorandum, non-binding memorandum of understanding. That's a some sort of an agreement that they have with the Honduran government, and governments are criminal agencies. They are, you know, violent monopolies, and they're not to be trusted, first and foremost, so who's to say they're not going to change the rules down the line? But what does it really mean, this autonomous zone? Because, as uh, you might find out, the devil certainly can lie in the details in these matters. And when the government says, yeah, you've got autonomy, does that really mean that you have autonomy? What's it actually mean? Because when, when you're dealing with legalese, for instance, words that look like you know what they might mean, like person, don't actually mean what you think they mean. Yeah, right. Right? So, like, the word person in legalese, like, in dictionary person, like, the, the word person in the dictionary English definition is, you know, another human being. But in the legal world, a person can be a corporation. corporation. Right. So, uh, Nemi, you've been digging into this here and doing a little bit of research on what this constitutional amendment actually implies. What it what does it mean yeah, for we this were, autonomous zone? During during some breaks, we had some questions about um, how much support there was for this this measure, and it it turns out that it was nearly uni- unanimous in uh, the, the constitution. Yeah, in the legislative National Congre- Congress of Honduras has passed the amendment. It was 126 votes in favor from a total of 128 members. There was one person who abstained and one person who voted against. Um, that, so there's there's support for the initiative. And the other questions that we had pertain to um, how what oversight the government of Honduras would retain over, over these um, zones. And it, it says here on... Let's and see. where is this coming from, by this the way? This is coming from chartercities.org, which was... And this uh, is what has inspired, this Charter Cities group right. is what inspired the Fast... Uh, I keep calling it Fast Company. Uh, the Future Cities Development Incorporation that is looking to do this project. So the government of Honduras, with this amendment, retains the option to create one or more of these zones, but they're not obligated to do it. Okay. Um, and they will establish a basic system of government governance, and this requires that the Congress pass a piece of enabling legislation, which requires a two-thirds vote. Uh, then it the zone will so have... So the Honduran government will establish a system of governance? Correct. Hmm. To create a zone and establish its basic system of governance, the amendment so requires... The, before you go on, now, is this the, the Honduran government would create its own autonomous zones and then create government uh, government rules for those zones or it can create rules for the government for the zones that are supposed to be free from federal and and local laws well the way that it's phrased here is it's put as a constitutional statute so it seems to me that it's much like a a corporation's formation paperwork that it, your rules of governance may vary from zone to zone but you need the two-thirds majority 
of the Congress to approve your zone and then approve its basic system of governance. So they're going to. So what I, what that sounds like to me is that they're going to negotiate with this company that wants to come in and create the city, future cities development. They're going to negotiate with them and they're going to say, all right, we're going to carve out this zone for you. It's going to go into our constitution as you guys have this and, and this is going to be your basic system of government and they'll have to probably negotiate those out, details. Outline that in, in what is voted upon. And additionally, we were wondering if the locals approved of this or if it was just the government um, deciding. And it's... Uh, requires also these uh, constitutional statutes require the same two-thirds majority and approval by referendum from the citizens living in the area. Okay. So they do have some say over it. Now, this it seems to me that this is kind of like establishing its own city because they use the phrase legal personality and jurisdiction. Um, uh, one of these zones can negotiate an international treaty, but the Honduran government needs to approve it with a two-thirds vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have uh, and for an international treaty. Yes, but, but I mean, also that's laws. Pretty, that's pretty serious. Also, the laws. Also, the laws. Yeah, laws developed the- by the governing authority of the zone require a ratifying vote by the Congress of Honduras. Okay, so they've got total oversight of every single piece of legislation or whatever the laws are that are going to have that they're going to have in this zone. I'd rather have the government have oversight on which laws can be instituted than have the ability to institute laws well there's there's one more thing here that's of some concern to me it says judges for the zone's judicial system will be nominated by the governing authority in the zone but it's subject to approval by a two-thirds majority vote in the Honduran Congress. Right. But that doesn't mean so this is not autonomous. No, not well, at all in any, any way, shape, well, or form. It's uh, semi-autonomous, I mean, certainly. And uh, Well, the, no, you can't do anything without approval by the Honduran government. You can, okay, so it says you have to create laws. What if you don't create laws? What well, if you they, don't? You, they're going to have to agree to whatever the, the system the of form of government is. is. So you create so this form of government and then you don't pass any laws for it. Um, they're and, not going to agree to that, likely. I mean, you're going to have to have judges here. They're saying you want to have judges. No, you don't have to have judges. You have to have your judges approved. What if you don't have judges? I don't think you're. If you go and you say, uh, propose an anarchist, libertarian utopia. I'm not suggesting that. I'm uh, suggesting I, that you. I, I am, Mark. It, and if you go to the Honduran government Hold and say, that thought, can maybe I. We'll come back with more. It's Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number. And that number is brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. And you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com with the mobile site for you there. If you've got a smartphone, you want quick access to our live streams or podcast, just head over to M, as in mobile.freetalklive.com. That's m.freetalklive.com. Now, we've been talking actually quite a bit uh, tonight about this idea that uh, Patrick Friedman, formerly of the Seasteading Institute, is getting behind. Uh, it's a company that is 
going to be creating what they claim is an autonomous zone. We'll get into the details as to whether it actually is uh, here in a moment uh, in Honduras with the idea of having a more free place for people to come and uh, you know invest and create businesses and whatever. Uh, so that's a pretty neat idea, and I, I like the idea of concentrating liberty-minded folks together in the same place. And if that's what they do down in Honduras, I think there will be some level of success to it, I, I would hope. Uh, but one of the things you uh, – if you love the idea of being free and you understand that being free means you allow others to be free as well, uh, th- if you get that, well, then there's something that's actually happening already. Like it's not a future speculative project. It's actually going on now, and it's the reason why Mark and I are here in New Hampshire rather than in our hometown of uh, Sarasota, Florida. Uh, we're here because of the Free State Project. Now, Nemi, you were born and raised uh, up here in New Hampshire. I'm a pre-stater. Yeah, so you love liberty and you just happen to already live here. And so you've got all these people coming in for the Free State Project because it's a movement of people who love freedom all uh, you know, coalescing in the same geographic area to actually be active and achieve liberty in our lifetime. And it's relatively early on in that movement, by the way. There are only about a 1,000 so-called free staters in New Hampshire. There are over 11,000 that have pledged to, uh, you know, that have joined the Free State Project. They pledged to make the move. So many more are still to come. And I think it's so exciting. I'm glad to be here. I love being around other people who get what freedom is. And the more people that come here, the more great fresh ideas we get added into the mix, the more activists we have uh, that, you know, that there are out doing things, different things, whether we're talking about in, you know, integrating into the community and working with local community uh, organizations like the homeless shelter and things like that uh, from kind of a charitable perspective, or we're talking about doing politics and running for office or civil disobedience and non-cooperation, creating media like television, radio, blogs, all of these things are already happening and they're already happening here and and some days i'll tell you this um yesterday i woke up and i had a few things um to do i had a couple parking tickets that i needed to go down and contest and Mm -hmm. i know you talked to derek a little bit about that last night and by the time the day was over um the shire free press had launched and i didn't really expect that to happen um, I certainly didn't know it was going to happen when my feet hit the floor in the morning. So every every day has just so many opportunities and some really great um, ideas, and and you never know what's going to happen really. As I didn't really expect to see my friend touched and and um, by a keen police detective and have him be rude to him on film. I, it was one of the most. It was a crazy day yesterday. It was very red pill for me. Really? Yeah, it was very red pill for me. So it's a great time, and there's so much going on. Here is your chance to come up and check some of it out, to meet some of the people that you hear about on this show and that you'll see on the blogs. Uh, you can come to the Liberty Forum. Freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum is where you want to go to get registered. Learn more about it. It's February 23rd through the 26th, and it is a great time. It's hundreds of like-minded, liberty-oriented folks all in the same hotel in Nashua, New Hampshire, for a weekend, Thursday through Sunday. There are speeches. There's banquet dinners luncheons uh there are parties at uh you know late night there you know there's uh, panel discussions it's a it's a great time and i would highly recommend if you've considered moving to new hampshire as part of the free state project you're still on the fence come on up for the liberty forum even if you haven't even if you just want to get together with other people that love liberty it's a great place to do that too it's one of the biggest uh gatherings of that of its type in the entire world and it'll be an absolute blast and there's some big name speakers like uh you know Peter Schiff 
He'll be at one of the keynote addresses. Yep. Jack Spearco from the Survival Podcast is, I believe, the other keynote. Oh, no, excuse me. Joel Salatin is the other keynoter. He's the author of uh, You Can Farm, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Starting and Succeeding in a Farming Business. Uh, in addition to that, uh, other folks like John Lott from More Guns, Less Crime and Jody Emery from Cannabis Culture. These are just some of the speakers. You can go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum to learn more. Use our discount code when you get signed up. It's FTL2012. You'll save 10%. That's FTL2012 at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Now, back to this uh, so-called autonomous zone. And, of course, when it comes to the, the, the government, you can't trust a word they say. And so when they, when they say, well, we're going to create these autonomous zones where you'll be able to just, uh, we'll just modify our constitution and let you come in here, uh, Mr. Uh, Patry Friedman from Future Cities Development Incorporated, and you can just set up your own city and everything will be cool and you'll be autonomous. Well, when you actually look up autonomy in the dictionary, it tells you that it's independence or freedom. Uh, as the will, as of the will of one's act or one's actions, the condition of being autonomous, self-government, or the right of self-government, that is independence. But then, when you get into the actual details the of what this, yeah. yeah, of what this constitutional amendment says, it says that if you're going to have laws in this autonomous zone, that those laws have to go through the the Honduran legislature, essentially the Correct. Congress there, yeah. for two thirds approval. And if you want to have a judge, that that has to go through the legislature to, for a two thirds approval. Would a free place have laws or judges? This is this is a place where they're going to have laws, Mark, because Patrick Friedman is already talking about rule of law. I uh, mean, you know, I, I look, he's going to negotiate a setup. Look, when Patrick Friedman says he's working, why would Patrick Friedman set up a, a, a tyrannical uh, place? I didn't say he was going to set up a tyrannical place. I, and it, it says right here in, in what we were reading before the break that anything regarding the setup or um, rule of law in this new zone or zones need to be approved by the Honduran government. Right. So the initial parameters the of parameters this will be have to be approved by the Honduran government, and anything changed after that, addition, added in addition, will have to be will approved. have to be approved as well. So, it's no so if you, as as someone, want to start an an libertarian utopia, no rules, anarchy. You go and propose this to the Honduran government. What do you think they're going to say? Well, I don't think you would propose it in that manner. I mean, you would couch it in terms that you think are, you're going to fool them. Um, you would t- t- you know use the terminology that you're going to create a place that has a you know less regulation in order to foster business mm-hmm. and provide jobs for the locals. Um, you know, this would be how we would go about setting it up. Um, you know, it would be a we would set up a, a situation where everyone would vote would have a vote on an issue and uh, on any issue that there was uh, a single vote against, then that uh, law wouldn't pass. So at that point, you know, we'll start with a clean slate and we'll, you know, come up with our laws from there with everybody having a voice. This will be true democracy. Uh, This will be the voice of the people, blah, 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 blah. Right. So I can whip this up pretty quick. I did it right on the spot. You think that's going to fly? I don't care. If it doesn't fly, then the, the then it doesn't go anywhere. I mean, the guy's right now in a helicopter flying around looking at different places. Mm-hmm. I mean, this hasn't been set up, Ian. You're trying no, to punch holes in this. If there, Let me ask you this. If there was a Hong Kong that was less than a thousand miles from the United States would you want to, that you could drive to, would you want to move there no. that spoke English? I wouldn't. No, because Hong Kong's not a free place. 
Well, uh, it's certainly freer than New Hampshire. It's only economically freer than uh, the rest of the country. It, uh, Hong Kong is a darn free place. Now, have they there? have some cultural... I have not. Okay. D- look, I don't have to go to a geographical landmass to know what it looks like. I can tell you what the uh, the flag of Guatemala, uh, Guatemala looks like. I haven't been there. It doesn't matter. I can read. And I'm telling you that it may be if I, Hong I, I, Kong is an extraordinarily free place. It is freer than New Hampshire. According to uh, one of the comments on the Reason article about this piece, uh, they say that, yeah, it's easy to start a business in Hong Kong. But uh, that doesn't speak to having to deal with the criminal gangs that they have there as well. So uh, they have a culture of criminal gangs. You'd have to deal with uh, you have to deal with that, too. Yeah. I mean, I'm just telling you, maybe it's not as free as you think it is. I don't know. I've never been there. I've never spent any significant time there. I would I would defer to someone who's actually lived in Hong Kong to tell me whether or not it's a place I would want to be. Um, if people aren't studying the direct directly the thing that you're interested in, they're not going to know it anyway. I want to move I mean, to a place that's free. Most people in New Hampshire probably don't know what the executive committee does. So right. would you defer to a New Hampshireite over me because I haven't lived here as long? I want to move to a place that, uh, that is free. This is a logical that's fallacy, actually okay? okay. I, look, there you can. Right. No, you can't. Yes, There's you no can. free place. Go, go to Antarctica. More coming up here at 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com slash LC9. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want. Toll-free number 855-453. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and you can enjoy the features that we have there for free. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that. Uh, You can actually... Support us by going to the Promote page, promote.freetalklive.com. You can learn how to get a free bumper sticker there. You can also download free uh, graphics and uh, high-res graphics you can actually use to do your own screen printing. If you want to make your own Free Talk Live shirts and things like that, you're welcome to do that. We've got flyers uh, that you can print out and more. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. If you're a smoker, listen to what I'm saying. You know that cigarettes are not healthy for you. There's a better option. E-cigarettes. And one of the best made e-cigarettes on the market today is Vaporsmiths.com. Um, they, they're made by Vaporsmiths.com. And you can get it completely free. E-cigarettes are a healthier option, up to 22,000 times healthier by uh, some metrics. A pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month and tastes better. No more ashtray mouth, no secondhand smoke. Uh, you don't have to stand outside and you know next to the dumpster in the snow to, to smoke. There's all kinds of advantages to e-cigarettes. And you can try one out just by purchasing 40 cartomizers. That's, uh, they're about $70. Go to Vaporsmiths.com. You'll get free the starter kit, which includes the uh, e-cigarette, one of the best-made ones on the market today, plus free shipping. Use coupon code FTL. Go to Vaporsmiths.com. If, uh, you can also call 855-2-GET-VAPOR. Use coupon code FTL at Vaporsmiths.com or 855-2-GET-VAPOR. All right. So Mark is in a mood. He is calling names and getting very upset. He's shouting. 
and uh, stomping around in the studio here because... I'm pretty sure that was a tantrum during the break. Yeah, Nem- because Nemi and I dare to question... Nemi the- and I? Oh, now you're just drawing Nemi onto your side. She's the one who did the research. She did the research. She's reading. That doesn't mean she's and on I your side. I think she's on my side, as I, a matter of I, fact. I believe I am on Ian's okay. side yes. on this one, Mark. So, because she's a sensible lady That's who, right. So you're, you know, you're able you're, to actually address matters this- without getting all upset... You're eviscerating this program because they didn't use the term autonomous in the way that you want the term autonomous well, meant. I you know, think it's dictionary false, definition. I, I think no, it's no, false no, no, advertising. Wait, wait. You can't call something autonomous when it's not. He used. He read the definition, and the definition includes the term freedom and liberty. When you define for yourself the terms freedom and liberty, you go to the extreme. Now, autonomous can mean more freedom and more no, liberty. Sir. People use nope. freedom and liberty in that terminology. Independence is it only means one thing, man. You either are dependent or you're not. You either are independent or you're not. You are either free or you're not. So if you're a person living in one of these zones in Honduras, not only are you subject to whatever laws or rules that are set up by the quote-unquote autonomous zone, yes. you're also subject to the approval of the parent government, the parent Honduran government, yep. which sir, to me just rules Only, out autonomy It's going to be altogether. part of Honduras, period. I mean, this, this I, don't is know be that a, I, I don't know that I agree with that. Um, from what this well, says... You weren't paying attention to what she said. From what this said, the, the, please enlighten me. But don't we take... We tried. No, no, not we. We didn't do anything. You sit there and you say, oh, it's not autonomous unless you're completely autonomous. I want to be like, I'm living a <laughs> titan. Can you, uh, the have you seen him Jupiter. like this before? Is this the first time you've seen him like no, this? No, no. No, but this is this is pretty classic. This is Mark. what he this is what he's like. You cannot I mean like there is no between here and there. The always every single time the perfect is the enemy of the better. Every time. That's how Ian operates. I don't necessarily agree that this is better. I okay, well let me let me make my statement. There is no law that is instituted in one of these zones that is instituted by the Honduran government. Is that correct? We don't know that much. I don't, that is I not don't, what this said. No, this is what this said is the rules have to be a- approved by Agreed. the Honduran government. No, they said, said that laws had to be uh, approved. Yes. There's all kinds of administrative rules. Rules can be set up anywhere. The you second know, set of books. Rule. The, the, right. There's the second set of books. The rules are the rules and the laws are the laws. So if you get no laws passed through, then you have... No laws that are passed through. Well, see, if you here's, have no judges, you have no judges, but you can this, still have arbitrators. This is what we were talking about during the break, is you can't have a zone without the laws because they will not give you the two-thirds vote in the Congress without without the, the, the formation. It doesn't say laws. It doesn't say you have to have laws. It says you have they have to approve the structure, that they have to approve the way that you right. institute so them. you come to table with whatever I your proposal is. I can come with is. my Quaker commune and I can say, this is how we're going to set and up they'll our they'll say, laws. well, that's not acceptable to the Hungarian government. Then it doesn't get set up. Right. Then it's not then who, autonomous. Then no one loses anything. Then it's not autonomous. Then what's the problem? Exactly. Well, it's Mark. not autonomous because they're creating autonomous zones, but they're not letting you in their autonomous zones without their rules. Look, this is all I'm saying is that you have the, the uh, when I introduced this, when we talked about this in the very first segment, mm-hmm. I would say at the worst, you've got something like Hong Kong that would be within a, a thousand miles of the United States and someplace that you could drive. Assuming it's not in one of the little islands off the the coast of of Honduras, and at the very best is some free market paradise. Now, did I not say that, Ian? 
You don't I didn't say that, Mark. Right, because you don't listen. I, and the th- that's what I said. And so, therefore, my question to you was, is Hong Kong freer than New Hampshire? And you, I don't know. Uh, I'm telling you it is. And you I, know I would is. like to know more about that, actually. Because Hong Kong's I, the freest place in, in the it's world. It's the most economically free place in the world. That doesn't take into account personal freedoms. Yes, but it, they don't have restrictions on personal freedoms there know? that I know of. I mean, I've looked into it. Oh, okay. That's how I know. Okay, great. Well, that's, I mean, you know, that's you why I'm asking. Because you're the Singapore. first. This is the first time in thirty something years that I have ever heard that Hong Kong is more free than New Hampshire. So I'm asking you to to quantify it. All I can, I, you know, I've done the research. That research was done several years ago because I've been doing this show for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Hong Kong, compared to Singapore, is significantly freer, well, yeah. and these are the most economically free places. You're not talking about, you know, a place where they. Tax Tax you on the amount of uh, capital your business has. They don't tax you on, you know, I don't know what their taxes are entirely, but they're significantly better than they are in New Hampshire. Well, okay, that's news to me, Mark. So why don't you move there? To Hong Kong, yeah. I don't speak the language. I I I do a nationally syndicated well, radio if it's so talk much show. Better, I mean, this, if it's so much better, surely you'd be willing to. That's it. your comeback. People have well, different. If you like speak why different don't languages, you marry you, I mean, what, what Mark, kind of they speak different stupid languages thing? in Hong Kong. They don't do. you know that? There there are several yeah. English speaking okay. yeah, people. I have a job, and that job tra- ties me to this geographic area. Well, you could call in. I could. And you then what would be in, the Mark? point you could still in going do sales there. from Hong Kong? You Look, could okay. Another thing about and... freedom is having money. Like money makes freedom, does it not? Uh, well, money is nice to have, but well, no, it doesn't have anything to do with freedom. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. You can you can do what you. Freedom is doing what you want. You need to have money to do what you want. Hmm? No, no, it depends no. on what you want. Well, and what I want to do costs money. Okay, well then okay, you're talking well, that's, about you. That's then. different. You're that's talking different. about you were talking you. about me moving to Hong Kong, you moron. <laughs> no. Wow. You're so sad. Yeah. You're what sad am I sad about? You're the one with all well, you've if got you is name If you calling. like it there, why don't you know? You know, you're out of ideas it? when all you got is name calling, Mark. You were talking about me, right? Yes. No, well, and then we you're saying, about well, freedom oh, your autonomy. type of freedom. Yes, it's my type of freedom. We're talking okay. about what well, I would want to do. You well, you want you, money. You. I, I, don't, I, I would agree with Ian's point that you don't need money to be free. Right. I need money to be free. Good for uh, you. Okay. You just said me. You, you, you. Uh, okay, so I was not using the you, Mark, edge you. Right. I was a using person in a you, coma broad does not brush, need money to be collectivist, free. broad brush painting you. Okay, the plural you. Most people need so money to be free. So all of this, what you're trying to do here, Mark, is cover over the fact that you lose in, in that you're wrong, that this About is not what? an autonomous zone it down in Honduras. more autonomous than any other zone in the Western Hemisphere. Maybe, from but what it hasn't I been created tell. yet. It hasn't been created yet, so we don't know. The Constitution, right? from what I'm seeing here, written on paper, the highest law in the land of the, the this country of Honduras, now that doesn't set my mind at ease. I don't care what they write down on the pieces of paper. I care what they they point the gun at you and say that you have to do. Sure. That's what concerns me about this. And we're going to see over time what ends up what panning concerns out, me is if anything at all. Honduras being the puppet state of the United States government and somebody doing banking in one of these autonomous... Are they a puppet Semi-autonomous... State? Everything is a puppet state. Oh, I wouldn't say that's true. To I mean, some is ex- Hugo Chavez a puppet of the United States? So nobody is truly autonomous, Mark? That's correct. Um, <laughs> autonomy doesn't exist, so therefore the word would be useless. So you can use it to talk about a continuum that moves towards more autonomy. If you want to redefine words, that's fine, Mark. That's your business. You can you know, set your own definitions at will, and that's what you do on this just show. As, it's, it's just as long as we're clear that there is no, no autonomy. autonomy. There is no autonomy on planet Earth. Hol- 
Hallelujah. You don't get autonomy. It doesn't exist. Okay, then don't claim that you have it. Then let's stop using the term ever. Well, it was in the article. Right. We're just a, we're just <laughs> pointing out that the article is inaccurate in its statement that these will be autonomous zones. Right, and, and they're they will not. be completely subject to oversight by the Honduran government. And, let's and the local authority. That every use of the term autonomous, uh, you know, that that we've ever seen is also inaccurate. Because there's no such thing. You could, you could write science fiction and create autonomous, but you'd probably still have a light from a distant sun affecting the it. The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE, 1-855-450-3733. Words have meaning. And I Not like in your world, they don't. <laughs> oh, no. Hour number three is on the way. Three- this Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Boost Kit Essentials Nutritionally Complete Drink. Providing your picky eater with essential nutrition and great taste in one drink. Visit us at kitessentials.com. To make sure your kids eat healthy, follow the five-a-day plan. Serve three servings of vegetables and two servings of fruit daily. Remember, a serving could just mean a piece of fruit or a half cup of veggies. If your kids are picky eaters, ask a nutritionist about other sources. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Free Talk Live, we're launching into the third hour of this program. You can dial in toll-free, bring up anything that you want, 855-450-FREE, 1-855-450-3733. Here tonight, it's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. And join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features on the site, they're free. And uh, once again, freetalklive.com. Nemi, you had come across uh, kind of a classic example of a, a moral dilemma. And I had. I guess they've kind of redone the studies to include more realistic circumstances. It's the old train is going uh, in one direction, could hurt someone if they go in one direction, or if it goes in the other direction, could hurt more people. You are at the switch on the track. What do you do? That's the question. Would right? you kill one person to save five others? Right. Philosophers have posed this moral dilemma for decades. Typically, they present the situation as Ian has as a mental ent- mental exercise. Runaway train is about to strike five people walking along the track. You can reroute the train and save the five people, but you will wind up killing one person walking on the other track. Recently, researchers tried to make the dilemma feel much more real. They placed 147 subjects in a 3D virtual environment where they are in front of a railroad switch controlling two tracks. They watched the five people hike along a track bordered by a ravine single person hikes along the other track suddenly a train comes barreling toward the five people the subject has the option to reroute the train using a joystick so what would you do ian i would do nothing so you would uh, let the five people be killed by the train rather than killing the other person and i, I like i think i think the 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 defining the situation is very important and the verbiage uh, behind it because in one situation you kill someone in another situation, you let people be killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and you now you'll note these people aren't tied up on this track. Right. They're hiking along it. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to make it clear. Trains run on train tracks. 
So if you're in on train tracks in a place where you can't see a train coming or hear it or feel it or any of these other things um, to the, and you can't get off, then you're taking your life in your own hands. These five people have made that decision. Mm. Now, you can choose to save those five people by killing someone else. And I would actually use the term murder because it's an action and it's unlawful. Well, but the, of course, the whole thing is kind of silly, right? Because the same, the other guy has the opportunity to, you know, he got it's on the tracks too. It's not entirely silly because it does show people's mental states. Like the person could like hang off the tracks or something like that. There could be a way for them to save themselves in theory. So you aren't, I mean, by the rules of the, the question, you're killing the guy, right? But in real life, you're there taking, are all kinds of other things that could happen. You're taking an action that results in someone's death. Only by the rules of this particular uh, thought experiment. This is well, the thought experiment. I think it's a, a question of morality as well. And, and, are we respo- morally responsible for the things we don't do just as much as we are the things we do do? It does ask that. Yep. What do you think? Um, I, it's such a difficult thing. I, I think I would not put the blood of the one on my hands. I think I would go with what you, you said. I would let it just happen and not intervene. How about yelling? Get, Get off the, the tracks, you <laughs> moron! There's a train coming! Yeah. I have yeah. to say that I don't feel it's hard that, when somebody's yelling from far away. You really what? don't hear what they're saying. I have to say that I don't feel that uh, putting a, a, you know, people in a 3D environment would make this more real. I, I don't feel like that's more realistic. It probably makes it feel more like a game. Uh, uh, right. And, and what's interesting is that 90 percent of the people who took this um, 3D experiment of the 147, 90 percent of them threw the switch to kill the one versus the five. Now, I'm not going to chasten these people for it. I think that we're taught this. I think you're, you're, it's, you know, you, it's taught that you do the economics of this and you make a decision because you are God. And well, this is utilitarian, right? Wouldn't this be utilitarian? Incredibly utilitarian. Um, however, I think that if you've thought about this, if you've taken some time to consider what is just and right in this situation, you know, I mean, the train, the train is going down the track and it is, you know, it's it's destined to hit the people on the one side. If you change its destiny, you have become responsible and morally culpable, yes. whereas you are not morally culpable, in my opinion, for, um, you know, the, the allowing it to hit these other people. And this is an issue of sort of motive, because if I were deaf and I didn't know a train was coming, am I responsible for not having switched the switch? No, I mean, I didn't know. So it's about what I know and what I think and and. What I have uh, perceived into the scenario, I could become confused and scared. Would I be then responsible for the murder of those five people? That seems ludicrous. I think it's to a me. Sl- I think it's a slippery slope to say that someone is responsible for inaction. However, I also can you know think of scenarios in which it certainly would be the you know the right thing to do to take action. For instance, so look at uh, the issue of this this guy who's allegedly been molesting children. This Jerry Sandusky, I believe, is his yeah. name. Um, out at uh, Penn State, there was that guy that allegedly saw him raping someone, apparently, in the school locker room or something like that, or the, or the, the locker room of the game, and, you know, did nothing. You know, chose chose to do nothing about that. Um, and the Onion this week has a headline article: "Nation's ten-year-old boys. If you ever see someone raping <laughs> us, please call the police immediately." 
uh, well, whether you call the police or you get you actually get involved yourself to to stop that, someone could say it was immoral for him to do nothing uh, in that uh, in that case. Whether it is or not is, I think, a matter up for discussion. But certainly, it sure doesn't seem like the right thing to do to walk away from something like that. Well, you never know what the um, sort of uh, the, the repercussions are on the individual. If True, you pull you the don't. switch and it costs you your left arm, uh, you know, I can save these five people or I can kill this other individual and lose my left arm. Then you have to sort of, you know, there's this economic. I bet people in- would start to think different. That would be an interesting modification to this experiment. Agreed. Is, you know, if you pull the switch, you will get hurt somehow. Or right. you still we're do gonna it. kick you in the crotch. Would, or right. be 90 percent then. Or right. Would it be? And what if you needed to push the person, the one person in front of the train yourself in order to save in the order others? to save the five? Yeah. Or in case of Sandusky and the, the, the this alleged rapist uh, or child molester, maybe this guy was afraid of what would happen to his career if he right. went and spoke That's against what my him thought or intervened is. physically and, and separated the two, that kind of thing. And I'm not thinking I'm, – I don't I – don't, I think it's the right thing to do to step forward and say something. However, I'm, you know, I mean, I, I always wonder when you're talking about inaction, can an inaction be immoral? And I get really, you know, hung up on that. I do too. I do three. Your thoughts are welcome. Eight five five four fifty free is in action immoral. One eight five five four five zero three seven three three. And also, how do you feel about this train uh, circumstance? You know, is, it, is there something additional that you can add to that discussion that you know maybe we haven't touched on? You can also bring up anything. Let's talk to Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Gene. Greetings. Hey, what's on your mind? Merry Christmas to all. Happy holidays, Gene. I wanted to say. Uh, as a Christian anarchist, of course, once in a while I like to talk about Christianity. And I do say that uh, it, Christmas was better, I think, when I was younger, because we had all the Christmas carols all around. And I noticed every year that the stores are playing less and less Christmas carols, and coincidentally their sales are dropping. I'm, I'm sure that's more to do with the economy. However, I have decided for myself, and this is the way it should be. You know, you should boycott boycott businesses you disagree with, right? That's what you've been telling us, and mm-hmm. certainly that is the way that we should react. In well, all I would say you, you should not boycott them if you disagree with them. I would say you should communicate with them, and then if they well, refuse to change their policy in a way that uh, is appropriate, then that would be the time where you'd want to consider a boycott. And I've tried that. I mean, I've gone to the stores and saying, you know what, it's, it just doesn't feel like Christmas in your store. You got the tree up, and uh, you got the wreaths up, and but you know what? You don't have any Christmas carols. And when you do play Christmas carols, the ones that do, they play Santa Claus is coming to town and Jingle Bells, and you know nobody plays uh, the First Noel or Silent Night or any of the good Christmas carols. So I've told them, uh, I've told some stores that you know I just don't even want to shop here because it doesn't feel like Christmas. I'm going to take my money elsewhere, and I would encourage other people to do the same maybe we can get some of these stores to get you know to you mean other christians because i don't give a flip what they're, yeah. what they're playing i'll yeah. tell you what gene if you want to hang on we can bring back here in a moment uh 855-450 free i just want good prices yeah I, you know I, I support gene whatever he wants to do but this really feels like one of those first world problems where uh you know rich uh, <laughs> pampered people complain about little tiny things that aren't going their way i would support playing no holiday music whatsoever i would actually. support that too more coming up this is free talk live 
Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our more than 100 radio stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. The toll-free number for you is 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site there. Uh, they're completely free, so enjoy those. Uh, those features including the Shrine of Female Listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing they are listeners of this program. Uh, once again, that is shrine.freetalklive.com. You never know when something's going to happen when you need some stored food on hand. For my preparation, I choose wisefoodstorage.com. Wisefoodstorage.com offers delicious, ready-made meals like cheesy lasagna and savory stroganoff. Um, you know, there's all different kinds of them. I've had a couple different myself. Tried them out. Um, they actually, the packages are sealed for freshness. And individual Mylar pouches carry a 25-year shelf life. And you can prepare, prepare them in just minutes simply by adding water. Um, you can actually cook right in the little pouch sitting on your counter if, uh, if that's what you wish to do. Visit wisefoodstorage.com or call 855-FOODWISE today. Request a free Entree sample. I mean, what? how can you go wrong here? They're going to send you free food. Uh, for a limited time, you can also use coupon code FTL to uh, get no-cost shipping and 10% off any order. It's wisefoodstorage.com, 855-FOODWISE, promo code FTL. For a free sample, free shipping, 10% off any order, peace of mind included. The uh, greatest gift you can give your loved ones this holiday season is wisefoodstorage.com. We continue with Gene, the Christian anarchist. He's in Tennessee calling because, as a Christian, he's frustrated. Uh, we had some guy call in the other night, too, with this whole, it's a war on Christmas uh, mentality. And, uh, Gene, you're saying you believe that uh, the stores in your area have begun uh, paying, or they're, they're playing fewer Christmas uh, carols. Uh, they're, they're playing fewer, uh, I guess, hymns, I suppose, rather than, you know, like the fun stuff like Jingle Bells. It's upsetting to you. You've complained to the stores, and they have not responded to your complaints in a way that uh, is satisfying to you. So you're talking about uh, boycotting them. Well, I already have. I mean, I've already started not shopping at the stores that uh, that I don't feel comfortable in. And, I mean, you guys said that you would just as soon not have any music at all, and that's fine, too, you know. That's why the market is there. It'll, it'll, if the market is allowed to work, it'll solve both of our problems. You'll wind up with stores that don't have any songs or any music and maybe even no Christmas decoration. And I'll wind up with stores that actually play Silent Night. Or maybe so, neither of us will get that. that. I mean, because maybe it's just such a piddly issue that uh, the store managers just don't really care what people think about well, the It's, it's the not songs. a piddly issue when their sales go down and, you know, when they start losing uh, sales. That's, that's how people wind up opening up uh, to a... Uh, I can't imagine someone opening a brand new department store because, uh, you know, they think they're going to be able to take away business from folks because they're playing different Silent songs. Night. You know, it doesn't well, seem like it sure doesn't seem like a motivator imagine. to me. I'm, I'm sure you can't imagine that, but you know the market is 
does funny things. That's true. It does. And, you know, and so, you, you don't know whether you're lose, whether they're losing, uh, you know, Jews or Muslims or whomever by not having, um, you know, whatever, whatever hymns that you and I like. And frankly, Gene, I do like those hymns. I, I love those hymns and I like singing them. And I think carolers are a great part of the, um, you know, the holiday season. But are, what are these boycotts like? Like right now I'm boycotting lots of, uh, stores. Um, you know, I'm, I'm boycotting. Are you? No, by I, I mean in theory, I I don't go into them and I don't buy anything. I, uh, I'm boycotting uh, Victoria's Secret right now because I'm not going to go in there and I'm not going to buy anything. Although they do have a kick-ass catalog. I feel like boycotting has to do with publici- publicizing as well, like well, letting people know. It would be nice to have a website promoting this and uh, maybe maybe. Uh, uh, so I got to talk right in your phone, Gene. We're losing you a little bit there. I'd, I'd like saying, uh, it would be nice to have a website about this and maybe someday I'll do that if I ever get. Organized. A website about what? About this issue. Oh, oh, having having more Christian themed Christmas songs in department stores. Right, have it, a little uh, organization or something. I certainly respect your opinion, Gene. I just need to speak from kind of the other side. If there was a store that advertised that they were not playing Christmas carols, I would be the first in line to shop there. Oh, good. That's the way the market works. That's, That's the great. Absolutely. And I'm sure that the, the opposite could be said for you if they said, okay, we've got all the Christian hymns and carols and anything that you would want. I'm sure you would be there too. So yep. is there a market demand for hymns versus no hymns? Wait a minute. Hold on. Gene, I think that they already have these websites. I mean, clearly there's enough there's enough of this fervor out there among some Christians who believe they're being persecuted. I don't by... think it's all Christians either. It's just some kind of social conservatives to some extent who like want things the way they had it uh, 30 or 40 years ago. Aren't most co- social conservatives Christians? I, d- I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying that there are some people that, that come at it from different sides of the issue. Some people just want it because it's what's old fashioned. Well, I have a little bit of that. I like the old-fashioned stuff. Me too. I like you these know, I, hymns. I, I just kinda don't... Like, I kind of liked carrying a uh, rifle to school in eighth grade for rifle club. That's pretty old-fashioned. Yeah, my neighbor used to carry his to school just to shoot stuff on the way in case, uh, you know, they could that way they could have dinner. That's how poor they were. Um, but, you know, when I listen to these, uh, to, to folks talk about the, uh, the the war on Christmas, it never shows up to me as a, um, a as an issue that is of import, and it always seems and, to leave... Did you, did you hear me say war on Christmas at any nope, time? No, I didn't. Uh, that's why I said people. Um, okay. I did. Well, I generalized. Don't try and lump me with those. I, 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 you have not been. Consider yourself unlumped, if you wish. Okay. Um, Thank you very much. But the, you know, what the the point I'm trying to make is, I always wonder, you know, what about people who don't like Christmas? Because I had a friend whose mom one time I slipped during conversation. She's Jewish. She says, "I don't celebrate Christmas. I'm Jewish," and you know, she made a big deal about it. And that's her big deal to make. I mean, she's as much sure. a U.S. citizen as anybody else. I suppose she can make that big deal. And there are people shop wherever they don't have Christmas. Now, I want to tell you a story about some Jewish people that we know very well. Sure. And, uh, of course, they're not very, uh, what do you call it, uh, when, they, when they're real religious. You know, they're, they're De- not Devout, very, uh, orthodox? Yeah, they're not very devout Jews. But anyway, they love Christmas. They love the trees, they love the songs, and they love the, the feel of Christmas. And Great, fact, the Christians really liked it, and they stole it from the pagans. I mean, who cares? <laughs> right. yeah. it's, it's awesome. Well, Those trees smell good in the house. They borrowed it, it's true. They didn't steal it. They borrowed the ideas. And, and they didn't certainly didn't steal the carol. So right, carols right. came about much later. But the tree, the Christmas tree, right? That Wasn't, wasn't that a pagan Christmas thing? Tree, I don't know, maybe. That, I think there's it was. some dispute about that. I'm not a 
Isn't there also a dispute as to whether or not Jesus was actually born on December 25th? I believe he was not. Oh, I'm pretty sure he was not born on the 25th. So, I mean, the whole thing's a scam from top to bottom. Well, it's not necessarily a scam. They're scamming little children. I've had this discussion with you before, and it's not a scam. It's 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 like a play. It's like going to the the uh, the theater. It's a little white theater. Yeah, there's theater involved there. I got gotcha. you. Here's the story I heard, and I like it best, that um, at one point, calendars, there were 12 months and 30 days in each month, giving you 360 days. Therefore, mm-hmm. um, the last five days or so, um, you know, I guess they'd have to change this all the time, was chopped off and turned into a party. And that's yeah. what Christmas was, is those days that was um, at the end of the year. Let's go back essentially, to that. you know, there's, it's no day of the week. It's, uh, you know, fornicating and yeah. uh, eating and, you so know. So is this a pagan thing? Is that what you're talking about? That's, this, this is just a story. I heard and I like it. So this peg is I have no party. idea if it's true. Hey, thanks, Gene. Appreciate hearing from you, man. Yep, he said Merry Christmas. He said Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> Happy holidays. All right. So you can bring up anything you want. The toll free number is 855 450 3733. Whether it's your thoughts on the Christmas holiday or anything you want to discuss, you can bring up anything. Coming up, Utah, an update on their. Supposed ability to pay things in gold and silver. We'll uh, get to that here in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. BigEdPress.com is your home for illustrated science fiction and adventure. Escape from Terra, Volume 2, continues the bold adventures of intrepid space pioneers as they find wealth, freedom, and a giant Elvis hit in interplanetary space. Phoenix Crumb is where Swashbuckle meets Steampunk in this offbeat space pirate saga written by L. Neil Smith and illustrated by Scott Beezer. Both books are $14.95 each and available now at BigHeadPress.com. That's the number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-855-450-3733. And join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We have news updates, so go ahead and get signed up and follow us via email, Twitter, Facebook, whatever works best for you news.freetalklive.com. That toll-free line is brought to you by SACL CAI. SACL CAI is a company that handles accounts receivable for businesses. Could be your business. Uh, the One of the principals over there, Jason Osborne's big supporter of Free Talk Live, has been for many years. We thank him. One way that uh, you can show your appreciation is by uh, doing business with SACL. You can find their banner at freetalklive.com. It's top on the right-hand side of the page. SACL CAI. Let's continue with you and your phone calls. We'll talk to Sam listening in West Virginia to WVTS in Charleston. Sam, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, good evening. Hey, Sam, what's, uh, what's on your mind? On the railroad dilemma, uh, there, something that I didn't get from the question, and maybe I missed it, was what am I doing at the switch? <laughs> um, if the railroad has employed me to direct trains, uh, then I think I have an obligation um, hmm. to minimize the loss of life as best I can. This is an interesting um, uh, point. Twist, yeah. Right, because for those just tuning in, you're talking I, about I've the... Already, 
you, you're talking about the, the dilemma reality. where uh, someone's at a switch. There's a train coming in a direction. It's going to uh, just not annihilate five people on the tracks, or you can throw the switch and it will only annihilate one person. Uh, and you're you're saying, well, it would depend on the circumstances as to why you're at the switch. That's interesting. Yeah, it, the, the, what the law would say is, if I have no, I don't have a an obligation to rescue somebody, um, unless I have some sort of relationship. If I see a person drowning. Um, I don't have to lift a finger. Um, if I see my child drowning, I do. Or if the person is drowning and I pushed him there, then I'm res- I'm responsible. Also, if, if you have if you have some kind of certification as a like a lifesaver um, so or something, I am, um, if I am a switchman, then I'm responsible for all six of those people and the train. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I can't just through inaction say, "Oh, I quit." I could, but it well, yeah, certainly wouldn't be yeah. a a moral nullity. So I wonder about this. What I imagine to myself is this train is going along its normal path of every day, and that this is how it goes, and that the one person could be the the one person could be a wise person that knows that the train should not be on this track at this time, whereas the five people could be foolish people that believe uh, that that are, you know clearly are just walking along train tracks um, and you know think that there's no problem. Now the train could be on the wrong track at the wrong time of day. In which case you have, uh, you know, this is the reverse of this scenario. But to me, like the one wise guy has uh, some value, some moral gravity over the five foolish people. I'm thinking if he's walking down the train tracks, he can't be too smart. But uh, Have you never walked down train tracks? Uh, I have. Me too. And I I do a lot of stupid things. I'm talking on the cell phone while... While driving through a blizzard right now, so, you know, there's a blizzard in West Virginia. If I die, you know, it, uh, my family's a little better off. They'll get a little bit more money, and you know, I'm, I'm asking for it. So, um, but yeah, part of part of my my background in this is for the last 27 years of my life, um, I have it been connected with the military in some way or another since I last since I first took the oath of office, and and. That's those are the decisions that we have to make, you know. Which is, you know, what as the, the anything any action you take, particularly inaction, um, can cause a loss of life. What what's the, what's the what is the minimum risk um, to life? Um, but I think simply simply saying, okay, we're, um, I think. A individual may have a moral obligation uh, to act in in grievous cases. So, what if the uh, one person on the track is carrying the cure for all cancer? <laughs> I, well, if I know that, then it's not one person. What if the uh, one person on the I, track? If I know. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, this might be interesting, because what you cited, uh, Nemi, was that 90% of the people in this study decided to switch the train and uh, have the train go and, and, and kill the one person Need, rather than the five. Needs of the many versus the needs of the few. Yeah, the I wonder, what, Mr. Would, Spock thing. Mm-hmm. what would the percentage be if the one person was the person that they loved the most in the world, whether that be their spouse Absolutely. or their son, not make that decision. Yeah. Or, their son yeah. or whoever, you know, their daughter? What, how would that change their, their utilitarianness in that particular Instance. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I think it would be. I, I think it'd probably be a no-brainer. Um, it, 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 I, I think the real question would be: 
you know, if the one person was their spouse and the other five were the cousins they really didn't like so much, then <laughs> what it would, would it look like? Um, but I, I, I would say... Does my spouse study, have a life insurance policy? <laughs> I think it would be invalid at that point, Mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sam, any other thoughts you want to share? I um, I'm not really a psychologist. I, I'm, I do social science research. But um, the study sounds more like a video game to me. I agree with that. uh, And and that's one thing we we understand from, you know, the study of armed conflict is, you know, pushing a button and killing somebody on a screen. It it, it is just worlds away from sticking a knife into them. Which is, of course, exactly Um, what the military is doing these days. Yeah, that's how most uh, killings are getting done. Is pushing buttons. (laughs) At least a lot of them, I should say. Hey, Sam, thanks for the call, man. I appreciate your input. 855-450-FREE. You know, it's interesting bringing that question up of, well, what if that one person is your most, the one you love the most in the world, your spouse or, or somebody else? What if that's who it is on the I track? think that it will heap the guilt upon you. But like I said, I would choose. Now, I don't right. I'm not talking about company. you. You said no. you do nothing. Uh, in which case, your spouse would be all right because the train's going to hit the. But five at that people. point, I would carry a great deal of guilt for what I had done. Do you understand? You mean choosing what to do you nothing. Had not choosing done. to do nothing. Right. Because at that point, well, well, okay. I do by doing something. I have chosen by choosing not to do something. I believe I have done something. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that. I, what I would choose to do at no point is to pull. I wouldn't pull the lever to save one person or to to save five in order to save one. But if it, the one was my spouse, then I would feel a great deal of guilt because I was put into a situation where likely I would not. You know, I've stated that I wouldn't make that decision, but I would still feel the guilt. You know, like I, I you'd always be questioning. Well, did, why did I make that decision? What is it that Rush's lyrics say? If you choose not to decide, you've still made a choice, or something like that. Well, now so. now we're just bringing in the sages of our time, <laughs> aren't we? <laughs> it's true. You are still choosing to do nothing. I mean, you're always at uh, at choice in the matter. But I think it's interesting how that modifies it because the people who are the of the ninety percent who decided they would switch the tracks and kill the one person, the justification for that is well, that five is greater than one. Yes. And that uh, five lives are worth more than one life. However, when the one life is not a total stranger and it's one life that you love, one life that you're connected with, one life that you know very, very well, then all of a sudden five is no longer greater than one, is it? Nope. I would say that that's probably true. I mean, just like the, the caller said, uh, it's a no-brainer. The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. Well, of course, you can also reverse that and say, what if your loved one is in the group of five? That the train is traveling toward. Then, what do you do? Then, are you uh, inactive in your uh, choice? And I, I would have to say that at that point, I may no longer be inactive. What do you think? I, you know, I mean, it, the reason I'm not talking is because I find this disturbing. You know, like the whole conversation, I find it very I don't, upsetting. To it's talk uncomfortable. About. I'm, yeah. I'm thinking. I'm not so uncomfortable by it because I, I mean, I know what. I would do, and you got it. You're packing heat right now. You could kill in a moment. Wait yes, a minute. I could. You say you know what you would do. It's easy for human beings to predict their own actions, but when you actually get into the circumstance, you may behave differently. I'll tell you, Ian. I played a video game this afternoon, and I killed a whole bunch of virtual people, and I didn't need to save anybody to do it. I'm not sure how that even ties into what we're talking about. It just—it's. She's saying if you come out of your mouth wrong, she's going to stick a gat in your face. That's what Mark said. That's what game, not what, what I game said. was it? it? I think it was Call of Duty. You think? I think, yeah. <laughs> All, All right. right. Game series. More coming up here. 855-450-FREE. It's Free Talk Live. 
This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Free Talk Live. Moments remain. Enough time, perhaps, for your call if you make it now to 855-453. That number is toll-free. 1-855-450-3733. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. And we invite you online over at freetalklive.com. If you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier for as little as $3 per month. We'll take that money in and invest it into Free Talk Live getting on more radio stations around the country and bringing more internet listeners on board as well, exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. If that's valuable to you, then send us three bucks a month. You can use uh, credit cards like Visa and MasterCard, also PayPal as well. So go to amp.freetalklive.com, get signed up there and get the perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, amp-only forum, podcast, and more. Once again, that's amp.freetalklive.com. I don't know about you, but I feel like I don't have enough time to read books anymore. Um, Audiobooks are a great way to get in the reading that I want to do without carving out time out of my day to sit down and read a book. Audible.com is a leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment. Uh, They've got business books, classics, fiction, erotica, history, science fiction, fantasy, every genre Every you know so many different types of books there. Obviously, the uh, the whole um, you know English language le- lexicon has not been put uh, on an audible. But I'll bet you something that interests you is over there. I've been looking through the history and economics for the one that I'm going to be downloading here shortly at audiblepodcast.com slash ftl. But um, here's one: the the dream of reason, a history of philosophy from the Greeks to the Renaissance. Kind of interesting. Audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. Get a free download. All right. Let's go to the phones and the fun. We'll talk to Sam, also listening in West Virginia, to WBTS in Charleston. Sam, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, thank you. I just want to comment about the uh, the switchman on the train. Yes, sir. Uh, his obligation as an employee would be to the train company that hired him, uh, irregardless of any people that may be on either track, uh, by throwing a switch, he may be endangering or putting more people in peril by changing a route of that train, and maybe even the train itself, or maybe someone uh, on down the, the track. So It's true. You I don't think, know. I think I mean... his, his, his choice is to keep it where it's supposed to go right i mean because in this circumstance uh it, it sounds to me like what you're saying is is you know he could increase the liability of the train company too by actually making an action you know if a train's going along a track and people are walking on that track they've made whatever decision they've made by choosing not to uh you know engage the lever then he's not actually killing anyone mm-hmm. and therefore adding liability to the train company plus let's let's face it five people make a bigger dent than one that's well, bad for a train no, you, you can't legislate. You can't stupidity. <laughs> this is true, and I'm I'm not so convinced that five people more make more of a dent. They may make more of a, a splat. Splat. Yeah. Yes. Sam, Big thanks mess. for the call, man. I appreciate it. Let's go to Jeremy, also listening to WVTS in Charleston. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, man. What's up? What's on your mind? You know this train thing in West Virginia. You know all these callers from West Virginia is just killing me. Hey, there's no blizzard here right now. 
I said to that guy. Yeah, there's a blizzard in West Virginia? Maybe in the mountains, but okay. not down in the town. Gotcha. And uh, just to quote Jim Morrison, five and one, one and five. No one here gets out alive. Five and one, one and five. No He's one gets out of here. Alive. Just suggesting that the, all those people are going to die. It's just a matter of when. Good point. <laughs> That's the Jim Morrison. The doors. Yeah, I follow you. Very good, sir. Anything okay. else you want to share? Thank Thanks, Jeremy. I appreciate it. Thanks for the weather update. Let's talk to Zach listening in <laughs> well, Sarasota. You're on Free Talk Live in our hometown of Sarasota, Florida. Hey, Zach. Hey. I want to let you guys know I'm, uh, I'm actually going out uh, taking a vacation, and I'll be making a stop in New Hampshire for about four or five days. If I like it up there, maybe look for a job. I'll be moving up there probably within a month. Nice. Wow, that's exciting. Moving to New Hampshire in December or January. Well, you'll get it's ballsy. Yeah, that's it's that's an immersion from tactic. Florida, I'll tell you, yeah. from Florida. Now, Zach, uh, are you a Free State Project participant? Yeah, I already signed up. Oh, excellent. Now, but, how did you find out about the Free State Project? Uh, actually, I found out about you guys through the Free State Project. Oh, really? Now, that's interesting. So, you found the Free State. That used Project. to happen a lot more than it does now. How did you find the Free State Project in the first place? It was on a forum somewhere. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's how I found it. I think I was just surfing around somewhere and, and found a link. So have you been an activist before, or are you currently an activist I, now, or will you be one when I, you move to I've never really considered myself to be one, but when I thought about it, when I look back, yeah, kind of. Uh, for a while, I drove a car without proper registration as a plate I owned from a previous car that I had junked, but I owned the plate. I just didn't really want to pay the state to get it transferred over. Especially because I had had a bill of sale with the owner, he just couldn't find the title. So is so that civil disobedience or just miserliness? <laughs> yeah, the, the car was the car was insured, and I owned the plate. Like everything was good, and the owner gave it to me, and I paid him money. Just nothing was like paperwork wise. I got you. And uh, I ended up actually being pulled over one time. I name dropped somebody in the area, and he's like, "Have a nice day." Really? And then the next time, and then the next time, yeah, it was a Sarasota bike cop. And then he's like, oh, where are you going? I'm like, oh, I'm going to pick up my friend. He's like, oh, who's your friend? I'm like, this guy. The he's mayor. like, oh, okay, have a nice day. They were <laughs> the friends, police chief. The mayor is actually yeah. just a, a, a position that uh, rotates between the city council people is in that right? the uh, city of uh, I lived there, and I didn't even know that. Actually, I guess I didn't live in the city. I lived in the, the, the county. Which has no mayor. Yeah. Right. And then the next time, that happened in Sarasota, and then the next time it happened in Bradenton by my house, and they arrested me. Well, uh, so good luck with your trip up here. There are uh, different resources for anybody considering a move. For anyone considering visiting New Hampshire, there are different resources that uh, you can plug into. Uh, You can go to the Free State Projects forum at forum.freestateproject.org and let folks know that you're coming up. Uh, If you're planning on coming through the Keene area, you can always drop into the Free Keene forum at forum.freekeene.com. And I would say those are two good places to kind of get a start. Uh, I know that the Manchester folks actually now have freemanch.com, which lists some of the things that they're doing over there. So that's good now that they have actually put that mm-hmm. out in public for people to know what's actually happening there. Because uh, certainly Manchester is one of the, the big destinations, uh, as is Keene as well. So I look forward to seeing you when you get up here. Thanks, Zach. Appreciate the call. 855-450-FREE. That's the toll-free number. You're right, Mark. It is definitely an unusual move to uh, to move to New Hampshire in the middle of the winter for anyone, uh, but certainly for somebody who, I guess it's not really wintertime yet, but certainly for someone from Florida. And I actually have to say, it's been a pretty mild uh, fall 
this year. It was year. 50 degrees and raining today. That's almost unheard of for New Hampshire in mid It was like 60 the but other it, day. No. We had a foot, more than a foot of snow back on uh, October the 30th, like 30th or something like 30th. that. So, um, you know, I mean, that was that hadn't happened since like the 1830s. Right, but it was gone by Tuesday. In Keene, it stuck around for a couple of weeks. Where it I did live. some damage, though, because what happened was, since it was so early, there were plenty of leaves still on most of the trees, yep. and so the snow stuck to all those leaves, whereas normally there's yep. no leaves on the trees, it just falls right through. It's no problem. Uh, but because it was weighing down all the leaves on the trees, the branches in a lot of places snapped, took out power lines, and uh, did some damage on cars and things Fortunately, like that. here in the Monadnock region, we had a serious ice storm a few years ago. And uh, this particular storm, this last storm we had in October that Mark is talking about, I believe that um, the hardest hit areas were actually better prepared because um, PSNH had come through after the 2008 storm and cleared everything out. So there wasn't so much to fall online. So I think... The Monadnock region fared a lot better in this storm, the October 30th storm, than other places in the state. Mm. Yeah, the power stayed on here. And when we were leaving Manchester that night, Mark, it was crazy. Like there were yeah. down tree branches yeah, everywhere. Yeah, I ended up spending a night in a parking lot over in Peterborough. I ended up spending two hours on the side of the road trying to get my car off of a, a, a berm of snow. Oh, that's Good right. Good times. Yeah, Come on went, up to New Hampshire. You went off the road after you dropped me off. Yeah, I, I, made, right the, I made the whole, what did it turn out to be, like three and a half hour drive at yeah. 30 miles an hour from the <laughs> airport. Um, you know, here, uh, what is it, 90 miles or something like that, yeah. uh, to Keene, drop you off, and then get, you know, slide off the side of the road on my way home. <laughs> Eight miles. That was nasty. It got nasty really fast, that storm. It Absolutely. is an adventure living up here when the uh, the weather gets a little crazy. But if you take it easy uh, and you don't rush, then you can usually make it where you're Are going. Are you kidding? Go out and blow donuts in parking lots. That's the fun thing to do in New Hampshire. That's what I'm doing at 3 o'clock this morning after we get some get some snow tonight. One thing I've got to say is whatever I've had trouble driving in the snow, the uh, the Yankees are always very pleasant about it. You know, it's like about uh, helping you out. You mean uh, just in general, they, they're never no, no recriminations or anything like that. Uh, oh, no. the, the, the police officer that pulled over, he's uh, that pulled over to help me out. He said, uh, uh, you know. Uh, this I, I've seen a couple of people pulled over in the same spot. I don't know what it is about this spot. And he know. didn't try to breathalyze you. Completely and... straight people. I mean, I went on the yeah. side of the road in a completely straight area, going downhill slightly. No, he did not try to breathalyze. Yeah, he didn't it, try to search it your car. happens. No, he didn't try to search my no. car. It's good to know. I mean, it's like, it's nice to see the police doing something that is actually helpful for. Yeah, I, I had a great exchange me. yesterday with a, a police officer who hadn't had a great reputation that I knew of, and he was nice as pie to me yesterday. I was really impressed. I I ran into one recently that I've never had good experiences with, and he was just in a super mood and was very nice to me. It was very unusual. Yeah, it's funny what happens. Uh, but uh, yeah, so the, so the cops are a little better up here than they are down south as well. Uh, so we'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Remember, go to Free State. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right. It's another edition of the Edgington Post show here on Free Talk Live. It's Mark Edge with you. And today I have uh, Heath Michaels and Paul Papa. Paul, I'm sorry. Help me out with my, the last name. Papa. Papadeus. Papadeus, that's right. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. You guys put together the movie Yearly, and you're advertising it on Free Talk Live, and I want to thank you for that. And I sure. watched the movie. You know, we get sent a lot of movies, okay? <laughs> um, a, most of them aren't fiction, which um, is really nice about this. And B, 
the um you know they're they're mostly not uh feature quality i guess is what uh what um i would call them yearly is both of these things well thank you now, Thank you very much. Yeah, what yeah. would what would you uh, say, sort of, to somebody who hasn't seen here? A lot of people have not seen Yearly, and um, you know, what would you say? How would you describe it to them? I would I would definitely describe it as a um, it's a cautionary tale. Uh, it's a it's a story about that's take the critical look at uh, sort of modern marriage and how. Um, how there is this bias to it. There's an inequality to family law, and which is a sort of a uh, uh, sort of a backdrop to this. Uh, that it also deals with you know dealing with the, the economic downturn and how uh, how the job market has uh, shrunk to to some degree, and how this guy is dealing with this going through a separation. So can you give uh, anything as far as a tickle? I don't want to say anything about the story. I've watched it, and I found it to be very compelling. My my wife and I sat down, and honestly, you know, a lot of movies that we get, we're like, okay, let's turn this on and find something to do while it plays, because we got to sit through the whole thing. And, you know, it was entirely a different experience than what I normally have. And I'm not saying that every movie that we've gotten has been that way. I'm just saying we get a lot of videos here at Free Talk Live, and I try to pay... I I try to watch them all, the ones that buy advertising, the ones that don't. I mean, I try to watch everything in case there's these gems. And this is one of the gems. <laughs> and my wife found it very compelling. I mean, some people might feel like this story was somehow skewed towards, um, you know, males or something like that. But I don't think it was. No. And, and I think that was one of the problems with uh, when we started going the festival route as well. I don't know, Paul, did you want to jump in with anything there or – well, the the first thing why I wanted to, to to do this to do this film with Heath, and I've known Heath for a while, is that it's 95. not a, it, it, yeah since '95 since we were in North Carolina School of the Arts studied filmmaking together, is it wasn't an agenda driven film. I mean, it really shows the way the world works in that this this guy is doing the best that he can to put together his family. He makes a mistake, and yet the state and the courts and all of this infrastructure set up to try to moralize him, try to change him, all it does is destroy him. So it's almost like the tyranny of good intentions, you know? Yeah, I, I, I get it. These are, these are real stories. These are, this is a real, you know, based on some an accumulation of real stories that we're hearing about. So as opposed to having an agenda and trying to say, okay, we're catering to a demographic, we want to portray real stories about real people who are going through struggles, and that's what really got me involved and interested in this. You know, I I think that um, the people that I that would um, really benefit from this is I feel like there's uh, some some dads uh, that are going through divorce that might uh, you know feel some kind of connection to the main character. I also feel right. like um, you know women who are in relationships with men, whether they you know have men that they care about and you know understand that people do make mistakes and. You know, just because somebody makes a mistake just doesn't mean that everything should be taken from them. Like, I, I think that there's and, – and, you know, guys in relationships, I felt all kinds of connections to the main character. And I love my wife and I don't expect to get any um, – you know, go through a divorce anytime soon. But, you know, both of us were uh, compelled. We were, you know, mesmerized by the, by the movie. Yeah, definitely. And I, I mean, I – I'm a newlywed. I just got married in October, and uh, uh, so uh, you know, I, I'm not jaded towards marriage. I, I wanted to do something that was very 
honest and you know you have to put a narrative spin to it you have to make it interesting and but for this it was there is an appeal to it that i think most independent films don't achieve you know a lot of independent films have sort of a one-sided agenda and i think it's turned off a lot of the audience you know they people would much rather go see something like transformers or something along those lines than seeing an independent film these days because there is they are uh, social message pieces largely this one, I, I wanted to touch on a subject matter that nobody really was touching, and it turned out to be uh, a very polarizing film, we found out. Mm-hmm. Uh, How so? Uh, what? Especially, well, well, we came out with, here's the thing, it's like we were, we had a uh, limited theatrical run through the South and the Midwest, Okay. and it, I'm from the South originally, and it was in the Carmike Cinemas, I don't know if you're familiar yeah, with Yeah, I'm those. familiar, that's a, that's a real cinema, that's not a, you know, this this isn't, uh, you know, hot tea and, uh, and, and patchouli oil right. kind of cinema, okay. Right, and then so we had a limited, it was a very limited, we were in 13 of those, and I can't remember all the cities, but most of them awesome. were in the South, and, uh, and you know, it did fairly well, it was well received by the audience, uh, we didn't have a lot of marketing funds, in fact, we didn't have any, so... You know, there wasn't much we could really do there. But when we actually got out here to L.A. and we spent an exorbitant amount of money to play in Four Wall of Theater, which is basically rent the theater space to, to project the film, we found that it didn't fare so well. And there was a we got written up reviews in L.A. Weekly, L.A. Times, Variety, and it's not to not to slam those publications. Publications are just fine. It's the reviewers tend to have a certain slant that I've noticed in the and it was a complete visceration on our <laughs> for a movie. They, uh, if there was a social message, they didn't like the social message. Yeah, that was and that was really uh, unfortunate because you know I I wasn't trying. To, I'm a I'm a libertarian, more of a voluntarist, but I, I'm a libertarian in the big blanket sense of the word. Uh, whereas Paul tends to be more uh, left leaning, and so w- when we made this film, we did we really were very conscious about not being too heavy handed about. Uh, about a message. We wanted to do something that was different than what most independent films were, were delivering. And we did that. And how we know we succeeded was that we ticked off a lot of people in sort of the intelligentsia of the, out here in the uh, well, in California, I just want to add one thing. I made the mistake. Well, you know, there is, you know, the, the character Jesse is, is kind of um, the situations that happen to him. Uh, Jeff Yardley exacerbate some some things that he, the decisions he makes later in the film. So I thought, you know, I'm trying to get different women's groups actually to come see the films because you know the oh, women, God, yeah. yeah. So I, so, I, so I had a woman's, so here I am naively as a progressive, try to get a woman's group to come see the movie because it's honestly showing a depiction of a man being aggressive to a woman. I thought it would be interesting. And you know what? Just because we showed her in a semi-negative light, or just because we had these two women who did a psychological power play against this guy, as if that's inconceivably unrealistic, Right. And, you know, they were on. She was really angry after this. Very angry. Like, I'm like, come on, you don't think something like this could potentially happen to a man? I mean, literally. <laughs> that no doesn't matter. People get, it doesn't <laughs> really matter. It's crazy because Paul's been married, you know, and he's happily married, loves his wife. I just got recently got married in October for the first time, never been through divorce. I'm very happy with my wife. I mean, we have no bones. I have a mother. I love my mother. And a bones to pick with, with any gender. We were just coming up with a story, but it was an incredibly polarizing film. When we showed that film and the, uh, the lady from the, what, what was the organization she was with? 
women against domestic, uh, uh, something against a, a domestic, domestic abuse. Violence. Domestic violence or something. She, uh, when we were done, uh, you know, it, it fared, this was at Santa Fe Film Festival. We were nominated for Best Feature. This was a huge deal for us. And, we, and uh, I was going out to talk to the new fans of the film. And I just had my first screening. I was super excited. And then, of course, she comes up to me and picks my ear for about 15 minutes in the theater while everybody else is outside having fun and, and, and talking. And I didn't get to meet with any of the fans of the film oh, at that man. point. It really was a missed opportunity. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. So for the folks that haven't seen it, oh, I'm sorry, did you want to go on with something, Paul? Yeah, you know, the, the, the center of the, the, the project to me, if you look at the movie, is a lack of communication and, and how quickly, and I think the, where she might have gotten upset is how quickly the, the wife runs, doesn't want to communicate with Jeff, immediately right. thinks guilty and immediately runs off to the lawyers um, and ready to just crucify him without actually communicating to him, right. him about the problems. And, now, when, you know, when I watched the movie, movie though, Paul, I mean, you know, Jeff was, um, as, as I understood it from watching the movie, he was guilty. And what that said to me was that she knew her husband and that that was the decision that she, she wanted to make. Um, you know, when I when right. I heard that, and, and I get where she's coming from, I think that, yeah. you know, what the film pointed out was one side of the power disparity in sort of genders uh -huh. in, um, in, in America. There's another side to that power disparity there's no doubt about it but i think that there are probably a lot of films out there that show that side of the power disparity i mean you can't you can't turn on the tv without finding you know some guy who's uh, brutalizing his wife or girlfriend or whomever um you know that that is a relatively common story that is told and it's no doubt right. that it exists the question mm -hmm. is is are these things fair are they right are they just and um you know i mean i think that you guys showed some injustice and you know a how what you call the character jeff a, a flawed man how a flawed man reacts to it right and that's one of the things i really was was wanted to nail with this when when writing it and directing it and working with the actors i wanted to make sure that this lead character jeff was not as likable i didn't want to make him a, a martyr for any cause because to me it wasn't about there wasn't a cause to the film so I didn't want people to walk away thinking there would be. So I didn't want to make him a martyr in the least. He's very narcissistic, very self-absorbed. Uh, he is a guy who, uh, you know, thinks with his, you know, what, as opposed to his brain a lot of ways. And I've thought with that before, yeah. Immature. I, yeah, I, well, we all have. <laughs> I look at this guy as being sort of a man-child, a guy who got married a little too young when he wasn't ready for responsibility. And you're seeing his life crumble after all of these bad decisions that he made. Yep. He reacts to his emotions in a lot of ways. I mean, he loves his son, but doesn't seem to know the steps to take to be able to be with him. Um, you know, and, and just it, it's it's one thing after another. And, um, you know, it's a very compelling story. I'd love to recommend this to everybody. I have a small critique for you guys. The sure. the girls are too hot compared to the guys. The, well, what are you trying to say? The girls in the movie do not are are not commensurate to the guys in the movie. It's not our fault. We cast a film in Los Angeles. Come on, yeah. And you'd be surprised. And we had, I mean, look, the budget for this film was fifteen thousand. That's production budget just to put it in the can, which is an incredibly, incredibly modest budget. Uh, just to give you some perspective, what's considered by Yo, it's that modest. to be micro budget, I think, is less than 
200 or $300,000. Yeah. So this wouldn't pay for is, this this wouldn't pay for the sandwich tray at most um, no. you know movies. It's certainly not, you know, the union fees. I mean, this was a non-union film. We we didn't have any permits. We did it in LA, which we were running from Rangers constantly. We got kicked out of places constantly. And we only shot this in a little over 2 weeks. And when we casted it, we had 2 days to cast it. And so the we had these incredibly talented actors that showed up yeah. uh, that weren't part of a union at that time, and we were able to cast them in two days, every single part. And uh, we even had to, we were so, we lacked so many resources that, you know, we were, I was in there pulling cable and, and setting up lights, doing whatever I could to help out. And so was Paul. Paul winds up in the film. I wind up in the film. I mean, it's, we do whatever we can to fill sure. in. You know, we, we sometimes we just didn't have actors to fill in the parts. That's what you do Paul with a small is, business. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and Paul, it's funny because Paul is in it. And whenever you get to the uh, uh, the uh, call center and they go through, and then the actors actually just have a little fun with them and pat them on the back and say, "And here's good old Paul." And you see Paul multitasking with a phone in his ear. He's writing on a pad of paper. He's typing <laughs> on a computer all at once, multitasking in a ridiculous capacity. <laughs> so, Wh- where's your scene? Uh, I'm the man who buys the TV that drives the hard bargain. Oh, you certainly did drive a hard bargain. I didn't like you in the movie. I felt no, like- I, I was I was a jerk. <laughs> I'm, you know what? I was I was sort of what what the uh, the status would call you know sort of the libertarian ideal. You know, they would say that's what would happen is a guy just run amok, <laughs> guilt, greedy, greedy. <laughs> So that's what I wanted to do. Well, um, you, was, you certainly weren't cast in the most favorable light, and I guess somebody had to take <laughs> take the lumps, and you know that that's to be expected. So, how can folks, um, you know, and yearly dot com? How can folks uh, get the movie, experience what I've experienced, um, you know, that kind of thing? Well, we have a website. It's yearlymovie.com, dot uh, com, and it's y e a r d l e y movie dot com, like uh, yearly Smith, uh, for instance. I'm not familiar with that, but it's a uh, year Lee. <laughs> yeah, Yearly, yeah. Uh, movie.com and you can buy the the DVD directly from the uh, from the site. There's an Amazon link there. We're, for international sales, we're eventually going to have a film baby link that's there. But if you buy from Amazon, you know, portion of the proceeds goes to Free Talk Live, which oh, is very, very thank you for that. About. Appreciate that. Of course. So um, yeah, and I'm rec- I've, I've got to say I recommend this. I mean, you know, I mean, this is um, you have my unqualified recommendation for this, unless the people don't want to see hot girls, in which case, you know, then they shouldn't see it. Uh, that's that's the one thing. So um, yearlymovie.com and guys, thanks, Heath Michaels, Paul Papadouse. Papa Deus. Papa turn it. Just just imagine Papa Godfather, Papa Deus, and Papa Deus. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. <laughs> you know that cigarettes will kill you. You've been thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try? There is a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Well, listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month. So you already start being richer, feeling healthier, and smelling better. What more could you want? How about a free starter kit? Just purchase 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Free shipping on orders of $60 or more. 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com.